Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 262. Hopefully you guys had an amazing uh, hump day, today's hump day, or was hump day, yeah. <laughs> got a very amazing guest for you tonight. Uh, we have King Chronic tonight. Uh, tell us uh, how you're doing and where we can find you tonight, my friend. Yeah, pretty good, just relaxing, winding down for the day. Um, you can find me, King Chronic, uh, all K's. You can find me, um, my business name, Botanical Biotech, LLC. Main two things. So, uh, I'm gonna need to cut you off. That was, uh, so do you got to bring something to uh smoke on with us tonight? Yeah, yeah, I got something from uh, some brothers. Um, they were just down at this thing called the Stilly Tea, and it's like cannabis and psychoactive mushrooms, and uh, <clears throat> they have it down, um. This place called 2022 20, 20, It's uh, veterans and uh, medical patients. We just have like a little medical kind of get together, and then it's like uh, they have a vendor thing here and there just to help out the local community get their products. But yeah, yeah, we got some. Um, I don't know what it's called. He just said it was a phenotype of something that he didn't want, so he's like, here try it out and i was like all right cool next time i see you, i'll let you know how it is <laughs> so it doesn't have a name but it's pretty dank it's like berries and indica pretty cool i was surprised at how stinky it was and, and because you said it was a phenotype you didn't want i was surprised right makes you wonder how good the, the keeper is huh <laughs> right yeah definitely what about you? What are you smoking on? Well, I have a little bit of uh, dab stuff. I'm actually dabbing probably tonight. Yeah. Uh, Purple Thumb OG, if you've seen him on Instagram yeah. or around any of the communities. Yeah. was nice enough to uh, send me some slaps. Wow. And oh, nice. uh, some stuff he had pressed out. This is some uh, garlic punch uh, he pressed oh, out. That looks pretty blonde, pretty really, good. Yeah, and then he pressed out uh, this uh, purple punch, Perp's purple punch, which I've already kind of been into that. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both of them, both of them were really good. So that's kind of what I'm talking on tonight so far. Yeah, I just got done dabbing with my lady. Just some rosin that we pressed. Wasn't all that. I didn't see myself. <laughs> no. Was it flour or? It was, just some old sip. A... it was just some old sip that my buddy had uh, wanted me to process. So I pressed some of it for him and then uh, I pressed some of the other stuff. It's pretty good. It's just not heady, you know, not head stuff. <laughs> I got to go uh, store some more material. As long as you got something to dab, it can't be that bad, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I got tons of stuff to dab. Just, you know, how you get bored of things. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. So do you press a lot of stuff? Yeah, that's uh, 
the majority of my business is uh, just going around to different cannabis farms and pressing, making hash, um, and then consulting, setting up you know, different facilities here and there, just little hash making facilities or helping people with their grows, new micro, micro you know, grows or whatever. Mostly outdoor farming. <clears throat> I'm not big on indoor setting all the big shit up. You know? Nice. I mean, uh, do, we, do you yeah, go to the, like actually, now. do you go to the farm? Do you go to them to press or they bring their materials? Yeah, to yeah. You? I travel around different, you know, states and stuff and just go in and show them. I do CBD and farms and uh, regular farms too. So, yeah, I just teach them how to take their byproduct, turn it into hash, and then turn it into rosin so they can sell it. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what, why? <clears throat> this is my problem with that. I guess we go with this right off. It isn't a problem. I just, I'm, I don't know why. You know, I prefer my bubble hash. I, you know, I make a lot of bubble, and I love, yeah. I love my bubble. It's just, yeah, uh, you know, I can't see taking it to that next step. How come? Why? Why press the bubble instead of just pressing the flower? Seemed like pressing the flower would be more terpy. Well, my business is based more, more around like industrial commercial applications, like processing huge amounts of byproduct to make a bunch of CBD and then make CBD rosin, which isn't a product that is on the market right now. So they want, you know, they want to make kilos of it and then, you know, push it out. So. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't yeah, seen a lot, a lot of, of uh, CBD cool. rosin, but uh, I could see the benefit in it for sure. Yeah, like CBG, CBD, THC, we run it all. We just make dry sift, bubble hash, and then we just press it or we just leave it as is, press it in the cups or, you know, cooling and stuff to get marketable. So what is the, it. like, the term profile, like, on a CB, uh, CBD, you know, uh, Well, that's uh, Is it just, just as good? It ranges from different strains. Like you got silver, you got fox wine, you got a uh, Hawaiian haze. You got a lot of different CBD, you know, cultivars. So they all yield differently, and depending on where they're grown, too, quality. I've been excited to press CBG lately. It's just new, something to play with. I do that like here and there. So Mainly it's just, just more of a, I mean, seeds, right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut in there. <laughs> I was just going to ask, it's more of a convenience thing to, for, I mean, in your instance, to uh, wash it into the bubble, it's just easier to, uh, on an industrial level, to, uh, you know, press rosin like that. Yeah, I mean, well, they just want to bring it to the market as a dabbable product, you know, something that uh, <clears throat> people, you know, can make it, you know, either they can make it on their own or they can just buy it, you know, but the thing, the trick is, is, is getting the CBD rosin under the 0.3%, 
in, in you know, CBG, we don't have a big problem with that, but that's why I'm excited more about the CBD, because the CBD can test hot, so it's kind of hard to push things in the market in the moment it's hot, it's here in the medical market, which is what I'm doing right now, up here in Washington. I like to, I like to see people like yourself, uh, you know, hitting aspects of the market that aren't necessarily being, you know, pushed right now. Glad yeah, to, yeah. To see you on that end of it. Yeah, I try to hit, you know, different niches, niches, however you say it, cool. Un, untapped niches or, or markets, little areas in the market that people haven't really messed with, you know, like CBG rosin or CBD, you know. I just want to see more variety in different products, quality. Stuff that I find. What can I expect from like a CBG product? I'm sorry. Oh, it's cool. It's like a, uh, it's more relaxing than a CBD, um, depending on what cultivar you're pressing. Um, there's the La Creme, La Creme, which everybody's really growing right now in Oregon and stuff. Uh, I pressed some of that. Um, I got some sift, some CBG sift from Seattle Chronic Seeds. And, uh, I got, I don't know, it was a low yield dark press. So, I mean, it was just mainly for medicinal. I just gave it to my lady to see if it helped with her migraine. So I guess we're getting a little bit ahead of where we usually go here. Let's back up to the beginning. You know, oh, yeah. where did you, when and where did, when did you start with the cannabis? Uh, when was your first experience? How did it draw um, you in? Man, probably when I was younger. I mean, I grew up in an hippie family, so we were always going to drum circles and pro-marijuana marches and I guess <clears throat> I don't remember but my parents took me to the second and third uh Seattle hemp fest and uh you know we did that whole thing and then I, I remember being in Utah um that was like the next event that we went to as a family where we were you know uh basically just smoking weed in public civil disobedience and then um pouring kool-aid on a flag in in a symbolic way of pissing on the flag i guess <laughs> so um we were just all about you know being in the hippie scene and then so then you know as i got older i guess i just was more curious about it and started smoking you know around 12 and then it helped with my add and stuff because I was a hyperactive kid. And then I guess I just felt like no matter what my grandparents or my family told me or whatever, anybody was bad or I was never going to amount to anything if I kept smoking it, even though I knew it made me feel better and helped me. I was like, I don't care what they say. I'm just going to keep doing it. And, and I, I just knew I had this drive you know, to grow plants. So I just went to horticulture, agriculture, plant making anatomy classes in high school and just pursued that path. 
And then I just use all that knowledge and transitioned into the medical marijuana scene after we helped um, with the Prop 203 uh, initiative in Arizona. And that was when I was, I think I was 19 when we did that um, Global Marijuana March with Marijuana Project Policy and Nancy from Normal. And we were like on the front front page of the Arizona Republic with um, all my t-shirts, all my weed related t-shirts with my family members wearing them all. We were just standing there with our backs to the camera so you could see all the different, you know, weed shirts. And so that was cool, but um, we just, I don't know, my family, we were always about just trying to help the movement. So we just followed that path. And then um, I got locked up for uh, people robbing me and shooting at them and stuff like that. So that's a whole other thing of my crazy young years, you know. <laughs> and then so I got out and I got to benefit from that medical marijuana initiative in 2014 because I got locked up in 2010. And so when I got out, I, I got, you know, right back into the flow of things. And so I just um, followed that path. And, um, I watched the whole Arizona market transition um, from the P2P and P2C markets, you know, caregivers and stuff like that, having their sessions to, um, uh, I think, the dispensaries and investors and stuff lobbying against that and changing the rules so we couldn't work in those kind of environments anymore. So everybody just shifted to different states, you know, after they busted a few markets and shit like that. So I just, you know, shut down what I was doing on that kind of scale and, and quit moving from California to Arizona, you know, making my little vendor runs, so to speak. <laughs> so, um, you know, I... I just kind of settled down and I've just been focusing on uh, my business and reading, just trying to bring back old cultivars, classic cultivars, stuff that I remember when I was younger. So I just reconnect with the people up here in Washington after I moved back to get the old cuts. <laughs> Sounds like you've got some good lines to chase with the, uh, you know, uh, a family like that, I'm sure, you know, you've met some great folks uh, through your journey, you know, a lot of, uh, I've met some of the best people I've met in my life have been at cannabis rallies, events, uh, by far, some of the best people I've ever, ever met have been at them events right there. So I can see, you know, through that, through your, your uh, time here, you know, meeting a lot of those people, I guarantee you've found uh opened a lot of doors where you could probably get some fire cuts <laughs> track down some fire yeah but sure. not only it was not only that but it was because of you know i think just well what happened after i got out of prison was i had ptsd from watching people get killed and all that shit you know and all that stuff you hear about but uh i just had social anxiety you know uh, so when i went to my first cannabis events, I, I had to break through that because I knew that I wanted to be there and I knew I wanted to be a vendor and people invited me, invited me to be a vendor. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I just got to work through this social anxiety. And basically, I just powered through it. I just smoked, 
a bunch of weed and did a bunch of dabs and just said, fuck it, you know, I just got to be more social and talk and get out there and educate because that's what I wanted to do. You know, I just wanted to be out there to educate because I have all this knowledge from what my elders taught me. You know, I was born into a, a family that had greenhouses and lush gardens and lived in the forest, you know, so I wanted to be able to share that with people, but my social anxiety from being beat down by cops and fucking going through prison and shit like that, me just being a hippie kid, you know, it's fucking kind of messed up, you know what I mean? you have to witness that kind of stuff and anyways you just work through it ptsd and all that you just work through it and mushrooms and lsd and weed is what it's helping through this and i just kind of want to use my testimony to help other people i'm glad you're out there still at it man that's for sure man it's, you know I'm glad that uh, the problems that you've had, you know, the time in jail, that none of it has uh, dampened your love for this plant, man. It's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, I really, like, just look forward to growing plants every day. Like, even though I was in prison, I was always studying cannabis. As much material as I could obtain is what I would just focus on all day long. And then when I got out, it's like, just hit the ground running in 2014. I just said, fuck it. I went full throttle. Went to all these cannabis events like Cannabis Cup. I was invited to a 710 Fest, Earl Cup, Cannabis Cup, High Times Cannabis Cup um, 2015 and 16 with CBD Steve, Mr. Night Seed Bank. And then um, I went to Abracadabs with the Dope Game. And then I went with AHP Herbal Remedies. I went to some other events, you know, here and there after that. But that's where I got, like, started on my journey was just networking and talking to people and, and, you know, meeting other people that were just like me, that were like people that were from the military, people that were just having problems in life, you know, traumas, and then PTSD comes along with that. And you're sitting there talking about, you know, the same shit, working through the same problems, so... Even though you're not in the military, you still go through the same shit, you know, going through prison and shit. So it's just all around the same thing, I think. Sucks. Again, man, hats off to you for helping people like that. Because, man, and them people right there deserve our respect. And anytime we can give them right there, the vets, man. <laughs> and they're the last ones that are allowed to be able to seemingly to be able to get with the plan they're the ones that could benefit the most in most cases from it yeah you know what's really bothered me is the veterans that really are kind of put in a bad situation because they're getting pumped all these medications social security and threaten to take all that away if they smoke cannabis and stuff like that from what i hear and from what i see and i watch my family who are military people go through the pains and struggles and being, you know, exposed to Agent Orange in Vietnam and having their kidneys shut down and all this crazy fucked up shit, you know, and you're like, if, if you could only just smoke this weed with me, you'd be a little bit better, but you have to watch it go through that. <clears throat> so. 
if I could just, that's my mission is just to try to help the next person. If I can grow a bunch of plants and give a bunch of clones away or make seeds and then help just a few people that help a bunch of people with whatever I can do is try to do that. It helped me a lot. So what are some of the best, best method, methods that you've had to uh, deal with the PTSD and anxiety? Uh, basically, you just face your fears. <laughs> you just get out there, you just go. Um, I think the vendor booth kind of thing is is good because you're you're constantly interacting with people and you know exchanging information and, and you know hustling merchandise but you know you're building relationships at the same time you're networking so it just forces you you've got to break out of that little shell or whatever i worked through it a I long agree. time ago it's just here and there, you know. The cannabis community, I would think, would be a good way to, uh, you know, push way through that. I mean, like we stated earlier, they're such great folks. I mean, you know, it's such a good environment. You know, there's cannabis in the air. You can almost feel the, well, there's no almost. You can feel that vibe in the air, you know, that free communication. Nobody's, you know trying to just you know, over talk you it's usually an amazing time i you know i i've gotten to sneak in a couple of them this year a couple of small ones and i've been hugely grateful for them but uh hopefully we can get back to business <laughs> yeah. here real soon because i know everybody misses it it's one of those yeah, things that we kind of you know and there and we can complain about a little bit uh, you know the prices or whatever but man right now i guarantee anybody would come off quick quick little bit of a cash to go hang out for the weekend i know i would i'd be all down <laughs> yeah that's why i'm grateful please come to michigan <laughs> there's a few different states having events like oklahoma michigan uh here, Washington, there's like three different markets. It's low key and, you know, but it's still happening here and there. <laughs> what was that? The Loki, the Loki events are almost just as good, if not better than the, the bigger events anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Even um, from what I hear, I haven't gone to the last few that were, you know, I mean, high times, they changed. They turned into like a like a carnival style. I don't know. It's, it's different than the old days, the high times cannabis club. Just different events, you know, Kushstock. And it's, it's not the same, I don't think, especially in California. They changed the rules of Yeah. I missed the one time uh, High Times came around with the carnival thing. That was the one I missed. And I thought that was a great idea. I mean, I don't know. I, I know they had like a Ferris wheel and they were talking about a few other things. But I mean, come on. 
a cannabis carnival. That would be that would be kind of fun if you they had the whole you know nine yards, the rides and all that, and you could just smoke and then you go jump on you know, a ride or whatever. That'd be kind of fun. It was like that uh, 2015. Um, it was like 420 vendor booths inside the San Bernardino um, Nas Orange Event Center, and so there was like tons of space there was arcades there's vip lounges a bunch of stuff and then like the next year it was even more carnival like where they actually had the people on the stilts dressed up with the you know makeup and stuff and then they got the you know ferris wheel or the you know all the carnival stuff the rides and then it was like it, it shrunk though it went to the parking lot of the event center versus the whole place and i was like well this is kind of whack there's only like a hundred so vendors or something versus the 420 that were last that, that were there last year. And I was like, well, I guess nobody's going to high times cannabis anymore. So I started going to all the other events like Abercrombie's, you know. And then I hit up the vendor markets and different things. <laughs> the Abercadabra, isn't that uh, the Amelia Jensen, uh, the Hash Queen event there? I don't remember. I was just <laughs> invited out to. Uh, oh, that's the. I, I, I believe yeah. that's the Davidu. Abracadabs is what it's called. Or I think that's what it's called. Yeah, and then there's the Dabathon Cup. My buddy runs that too. There's so many. <laughs> I lost track like three years ago. <laughs> still a lot of fun i try to hit as many as i can even though there is a lot of them i i try to hit as many as i can i just enjoy the oh, crowd stock is still I going just, they got their thing kushstock had a bad go their first like round here in michigan and i gotta give them credit man i think because i was a vendor for uh sub cool that year at the kushstock and you know i i for what it was, I think they did a hell of a job, you know, but for people on the other end of it, maybe not so such a great experience. I mean, it was a free event. We It was like early 420, you know what I mean? So it's early in the Michigan season, kind of still cold and whatnot. And then uh, that weekend, it was supposed to be nice. And then come like the night before we got a, a forecast for rain so Kushstock actually rearranged the whole thing and tried to get everybody under tents but what it did it made like a cramped environment you know what i mean real cramped environment yeah. walkways were really thin and people waited <laughs> outside and it rained and you know people ended up waiting in the rain so some people kind of got a little pissy about that and i'm thinking well <laughs> Look what they did. You know, they shrunk it down, put everybody under tents. It could have been the whole racetrack like it usually was. No cover at all. I mean, they tried. They really tried. Yeah. So, I don't know. But all in all, man, the community above, you know, even the, for what it was, cold and raining, people came out in droves. That's a, That was an amazing yeah. thing about the community, man. They still came. Right. <laughs> That was what was cool about AZ Roots Festival. Damien Marley was there, like um, Revolution. That was a cool festival, even though it was raining and muddy 
everybody's vibes were still high. Like everybody was just happy when it was raining and, and music was playing. Like there was people just dancing in the rain with their shoes off. Like everybody was just like, you know what? Oh, well, <laughs> screw it. We're just going to have a good time. So I don't let the rain. It's great when everybody runs <laughs> with it like that. I'm from Washington, so I guess I'm used to it. I don't know. <laughs> so when you first started growing there, I mean, you expressed that you don't really care for the indoors. I can I can understand that. But was it indoors? Was it first actually grow indoors or was it outdoor? Say that again. I said, uh, was your first grow indoor or outdoor? Oh, uh, shoot. The first grows I ever had were indoor. Yeah, I just, and I always grew organic. My buddies were doing rock nutrients and hydroponic and all that, autoflower and feminized. And I was just like, I'm just going to stick to what my uncles told me to do. <laughs> organic and just breed regular lines. Yeah, that's basically what I well, you're, <laughs> I just started going the doors and then, yeah, so I just, I, I always kept in the back of my mind, I'm just going to listen to what everybody else is doing and watch and just keep doing what my uncles told me and I know it'll be all right. So I always grew organic and uh, I first started growing, like my first big crop was TGA Genetics, it was uh, Space Candy and then we had Jesus OG. My buddy had a problem with his grow, um, and he had a tray of clones from the Jesus OG in his grow where his block power, the, the power went out on his whole block, so the fucking, uh, the lights, you know, were out, and then the power was out, so it was 114 out just baking these plants in the corner of the room, one of the fucking moms stressed out and turned, so he just like, here, take these clones. And so I was like, cool. I'm like, we, we aren't worried about the, the clones herming, you know? So I grew out the clones and they hermed and shit. And I was like, fuck. So I just started growing some other, you know, stuff that I had from Jeep's proof. And it was, uh, it was, it was nine pound hammer times permafrost times fucking incredible. And it was like a limited, like 40 pack run that he did. And when I popped them, like, I wasn't really expecting anything fucking cool out of it. But when I grew them, they were like peach chronic um, smelling phenotypes. So I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. And so um, I was growing that along with uh, like Royal Green Crack, some GDP, um, and a couple others. I can't remember. That was a little while back. And then, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I quit growing for a while, and then I got back into it um, just recently, um, like a year ago, probably like, no, like eight months ago. Yeah, eight, nine months ago, I just got back into it, because I had to go through some legal shit, you know, and some uh, lawsuits and shit that I got to deal with. I got beat down and blinded by the police, so I got that that I'm dealing with and then I got uh, hit by a vehicle last year so I had to deal with all that you know recovery and surgery and physical therapy and all that fucking shit 
So I've just been starting, uh, I started this company in my downtime recovering the Botanical Biotech LLC, just so I could, you know, travel around and do what I like. And then, uh, you know, it just allows me to legally operate, you know, because I'm a felon, I can't work it in some states, you know, as, you know, someone in the industry. So I got to work as a consultant and just come in and, and help set up the place and source things and source labor and all that. So, I mean, it's better, but sometimes I, I, I'd like to be stationary for a little while and work for a place, but I can't, <laughs> you know. I just supply things, genetics and patch, the knowledge of how to make it. <laughs> I guess that comes with being a felon for growing weed and guns. I would like to use that on my resume, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Hopefully there'll come a point where we'll, they'll be able to expunge some of that or be overlooked and it will be able to be, you know, work history. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just the, because uh, you've gotten trouble doing it doesn't mean you didn't acquire the knowledge in the process, right? Yeah, that's why I like all these social equity programs. I mean, some have worked, some haven't, um, some have been exploited. Um, but, you know, like that dude, uh, the real Ricky Ross, he's out there, you know, promoting uh, the Morath and all that. And so there's there's some positive things happening so i have faith in the movement as i always have since i was a kid <laughs> i've been fighting for this shit. yeah that's pretty awesome man i love to hear it's from so far back and then have the parents uh you know be activists too man i love that shit, man you know yeah. i didn't have that my my parents were smokers you know, but it weren't activists. And, oh, you know, that kind of fell into my my hands. But I hope that actually is something now that times are changing and, you know, it's becoming more sociably upset, uh, uh, accepted. Uh, hopefully that's something that I'll be able to, you know, pass on and share with, you know, my children and the next generations. I'm already sharing it with my two of my children. Yeah, that's... Shit, I'm old enough to have daughters 25 and 21 so one of them's in chat now <laughs> so oh yeah it's kind of kind of cool that's what my goal is is to take my experiences and uh use it as a testimony you know to the younger generation and help influence them you know and just show them the right way to do things so i just before i even try to pass on knowledge i try to absorb as much as I can, you know, and I feel like I've got hash and soil down pretty good. I'm still learning, you know, I'm always learning. I'm still trying to go um, take a couple courses and do a couple things. So I'm trying to raise money for right now <laughs> so I can go learn. So if you would, I mean, lots of people, uh, love to wash hash i mean can you walk us through your process i mean what you would do 
prior to uh, pressing? I know that's a big question uh, I hear, and I, I necessarily don't have great answers for because I, I'm a, I'm a good bubble maker myself, but I'm making it for bubble. You know what I mean? I'm not necessarily making it for that next step right. of uh, just pressing it out. Yeah. So could you, you know, kind of run through your tech? So, I mean, depending on how you want to extract it, there's three different ways that I can do it with uh, dry ice, dry sifting, sieving, or bubble, you know, washing. Um, the dry ice method is quick for when you just want to test something out and see how much the yield is going to be, not the quality of the test. But you're not doing like a quality test, you're just doing a quick do that sometimes, but usually I just do dry sift, just sift, you know, um, with some bags or some screens. Um, you can do a test run like that or the bubble hatch, you know, you can do that method and uh, you can wash a pound or two and see what the yield is. And then dry it out, press it. Hopefully you got um, <laughs> a freeze dryer available. <laughs> But yeah. So do you find one's better than one method's better than the other as far as uh, the press? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They all press differently. I don't like the consistency and quality of the dry ice because it's dark. Um, it leaves like a freezer burnt kind of taste is the way my lady described it. I was like, that's pretty, pretty on point. Um, but I like the dry sift. It's just straight, you know, trichome heads dropping down, you know, unadulterated. But you're pressing it unadulterated. But the bubble hash is probably the best. And if you're washing stuff that's, you know, prime, you're not going to want to press it. <laughs> I'm just working with a bunch of vipers typically on these large farms. Or, you know, with whatever material they're trying to run. A lot of CBD farms will run smalls, and it's really good quality. So when you're washing your bubble, what bags uh, are you pulling? That's the biggest question I hear. Is, oh, you know, what, what, what's what the brand range? or what micron? What micron bags are you pulling, you know? What's oh, the range I, in bags? Are you taking it down to like a three-bag pull or... I have I have a bunch of different sets, but yeah, I got the uh, I got four. I got I think I got a six set, but I got the Bubble Man. I got the extractor bags. I've had a couple different sets, you know, in the past, but the extractor bags are my favorite. But uh, yeah, I, I use um, everything from two twenty down to um, you know twenty five, you know. I just, I, I, whatever it is, I just, when I do a full spectrum press, you know, you're using all the microns. I don't typically separate it because it like separates the quality um, and then different cannabinoids carry different, you know, effects, I think. So it's like the entourage effect of having all the cannabinoids present, pressed, 
into rosin. That way you're getting a full spectrum, if you get what I'm saying. So when you separate the microns, you're separating the medicinal values, I think. I may be wrong, but that's just the way I feel. I like a more full spectrum. That's, I, it makes me feel better. I, I, I go by how I feel when I smoke it. I got a lot of fucked up pains. <laughs> Well, I think you're on point there. I, I think you're on to something there. Even myself, when I'm making my own bubble there, you know, I only, well, I don't pull like a full set. I usually will only pull like the 45 to 70, 90, maybe 120, but, uh, and the 220. Yeah, I only do like three or four bags of tops. But, you know, uh, most times or another, unless one, yeah, I might pull out like, say, the 70. If it's like super greasy or something looks really nice yeah. i may pull that out and then put the rest of it together in the end keep that one separate yeah. but most of the time it goes back together you know for just like you said that full spectrum you know that nice full bodied smoke that i like you know some people even call it a festival hash almost but <laughs> i am yeah. I'll usually That's I'll good. usually keep the 160 and the 220 out just because I'm picky like that. But I, can I just use the rest for edibles. It just depends. I've actually depends. heard Gosh, good. some folks using that 160 for pressing. I you know I was right there. I'm always thinking myself that 160 is. You know, edibles for me, but then I've heard a lot of people say they pulled fire out of that 160. It and just I think, depends. man, how many times have I dumped it? <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. You know, each strain yields different, and then like, you know, it depends on how badly you use the material and how it comes out. It's just all these different variables. You just got to tune and refine your methods and be consistent, and then you'll have that quality and that consistency. That's the key is when you're pressing or making hatches, making sure your environment is suitable, you know, conducive to allow you to unveil the hash. It's, you know, you're washing good stuff. And you just want to, you want to refine your methods while pressing, you know, so you don't get any blowouts. Just practice. I mean, you got to fail a hundred times to, you know, get better. Hundred fucking running experience. Is pressing it a better step than uh, like, you know, breaking it down into a fine powder to make sure it dries the best? You think it's just a a better next step to press for a better storage? Is pressing it in rosin or? I mean, you can store hash for a long ass time, but I, I'm kind of thinking you can store, you know, rosin for longer. I don't know. I would have to ask Frenchie. <laughs> well, that's one of them things, too, that, uh, you know, I pointed that out, too, is, you know, rosin is really good, but Frenchie's still making bubble. He's still making temple balls. I don't see him, you know, hammering on that press yeah. just yet. So that, to me, kind of no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I like traditional hash a lot better too. Um, 
that's kind of my desire is traditional hash making. Uh, it all started out when I was younger. Uh, fuck, man, I loved making hash. Um, trying to think back, I think it started when my uncles would show me their teeth grinders and then I would have these nuggets like just squished into a film container from them and it was just super fire fucking white widow and, and just crazy ass strains that just blew my mind when i was a kid so they stuff them in the fucking jar you know and you'd have all these crystals just caked to the fucking black inside and you're like whoa fuck so i'd scrape it and i'm like well shit if i just shake it it collects more and so I'm like, well, I could just take that and put it on the bowl and just get super high, you know? And fuck, man. I was like, let's just scale this up. And I took a fucking, like a 44 or whatever fucking Circle K cup and just put a bunch of, uh, this is, I got older and, and I just scaled up with the cup and the bandana. It was a weed bandana with little pot leaves on it and shit. And buy it expensive or something. So I just wrapped that fucker around the cup, put a rubber band on it with like two ounces of what we called Christmas Reggie. It was like real good skunky Mexican weed that we get for like five or 600 a pound, but it was like dank. And it only came around like during the fucking fall and Christmas season. So that's the only time I buy Reggie so I can process it and fucking smoke it you know, for the season. Um, so anyways, um, we just shake that motherfucking cup upside down and make a shitload of hash on this table. And, and like my friend's mom was just blown away. She's like, she's like, holy shit. She's like, you guys are so smart. She's like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be like, I don't know. She just like egged me on. <laughs> she's like, you're gonna be so good when you grow up. You're so smart. And I was like, fuck yeah, I should just keep doing this and just like keep learning how to make hash and grow good pot. <laughs> so. I just, I had those funny times where I just kept scaling up. I was like, man, I just want to learn how to make more hash because I always had good weed around me. Um, I, I don't know how, I was just blessed by the universe. Uh, a lot of different connections. I was just social everywhere I went and just, I followed the good weed. I bought a lot of pot, so I wanted the good shit. <laughs> Sorry, you're muted. I had much. Yeah, I seen that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Don't we all want to smoke the good stuff? I mean, that's. I know I've been beating that trail my whole life. You know, if I can, I'm always tried to smoke the better way or found a better way to get it. Found a couple of friends to help me get there. Who wants? Who wants quarters? <laughs> I know where to get the good stuff. <laughs> It's always yeah, a way. Yeah. It's but always think, a way. I think what drove me a little bit further, I think, was my environment. Because I moved from Washington to Arizona. And then I started going to high school out there. And then I started, you know, I was introduced to $60 ounces of pot, you know, when it was 200 or, you know, whatever people were paying. So my uncles gave me, like, the best of the best weed because they're old school hippies. And so I came down to Arizona going to high school and I see the fucking Mexican weed but I didn't see like the shit pot at first because I came you know at the right time the right season so 
my buddy, he's all telling me, he's like, yeah, dude, I can get an ounce for 60 bucks. And I was like, I looked at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, no way, dude. And I was like, here, here, if you, if you bring me back an ounce for 60 bucks, I'll give you half. And he's like, yeah, bro, I swear. And I was like, all right, man. I was like, take it. And then he came back with this ounce of pot. And I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, you were serious. I was like, here's half, man. He's like, he's, and I was blown away. I was like, man, we can smoke this shit all motherfucking week. We can save so much money. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, but it ain't always like this. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, man, you'll see. He's like, you're not going to like it come summertime. And I was like, what? He's like, you'll see, man. I'm like, no, you got to tell me, what do you mean? He's like, it gets brown. It just it, it just gets shitty. And I'm like, what? I'm like, it can't get that bad. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, there's seeds and everything. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I made sure I lined up a good chronic connect before summertime fucking hit. So I was buying the chronic from all the Mexican guys. <laughs> and then the white dude's bringing it from Cali, the SRH and the Meta Militia, you know, guys out in the desert. But yeah, I mean, that that's what drove me to want to make hash because I was like, fuck, I can just buy a bunch of Reggie, make a bunch of hash, and then I'll have good Christmas Reggie and hash throughout the fucking dry season. And then I'll have my chronic to smoke for myself because that's how I did it when I was a kid. I was like, I just sold weed just to get enough to smoke for free. And so I did that <laughs> for many, many years. I just sold enough and I smoked a lot of weed. So I had to sell it quite a bit and pay my bills and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there. Like I said, you just got to find those three friends. Three friends was the magic number. Who wants three quarters and then I'll get mine for making the run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard you say that the other night. It's funny. <laughs> That's what I did so in high school. true, though. So I tell my younger brothers, I was like, you know all those high school friends you got? You're the middle, you're the middleman. You're the bridge between my generation and that generation. And you can make so much fucking money right now. But I'm like, maybe I don't want to say that to you. <laughs> terribly true though, terribly true. <clears throat> but yeah, he already knows. So I'm sure. Sure, the kids today aren't dumb, that's for sure. Yeah, he's got me to look up to every day. <laughs> you know, when with that being said, too, man, I'm looking very forward to the future of cannabis. I really am. You know, a lot of these people that are just coming out and just starting to grow now and having all this uh knowledge out there to start with. I mean, it wasn't like that back in the day. I, you know. I had, like I said, I had stoner parents, but they weren't growing. You know what I mean? They actually were pulling in. I remember pounds of fucking, you know, in the closet, <laughs> but they sure weren't cultivating it. That was a whole different, you know, end of the yeah you know, life there. But, you know, yeah, my parents it's a they different didn't teach thing me now. My my uncles didn't teach me how. They my other uncle, my he kind of told me how to do it, and then showed me later on. And then, like, I learned, you know, as I got older. But I always wanted to grow from a young age. I was like, you guys, you got to teach me. And they're like, I guess my family was like, 
we don't talk about this, you know? We don't talk about this, especially with the younger generation. It's hush hush. We got like fucking hundreds of plants in the mountains and we don't want nobody fucking knowing about shit. So I was like, what the fuck, man? You know, like I, I tried to pry for information at a young age, like, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. And, and they were like so low key about it. I was like, okay, well, I can talk to my one uncle, but not my older uncles that have all the fucking pot, you know, the ones that have the greenhouses. I'm like, I just want to go there and just learn. And I, I guess I had to prove myself. So I went to school and I showed them that I had passion and drive. And they were more like, yeah, fucking, you want stuff, you want to learn, fucking come on in. So what, co- what, uh, what are you working with currently? Oh, cultivars. I got um, I got Gorilla Glue, the original Gorilla Glue from uh, Gorilla Glue Fam, and then I got uh, GG times Gorilla Glue or G GG times D13. Sorry, and then I got Cosmic Glue from um, Subcool, and then I got um, Monkey Candy. I got um, Trainwreck. I got three different blueberries. Um, Afgoon, Dog Walker, the Congo from Josh Dutch Bloom. He blessed me with that. I got um, it's plum, plum crazy. It's Kaya's coffee, plum Girl Scout cookie times plumber's or no, it's plum plumber's crack. It's plum crazy times Kaya's coffee times. Forum Girl Scout cookie. So I got that breeding with some other stuff right now. Uh, Critical Purple, White Widow, um, uh, Stirberry, which is Blue Boy times Blueberry times Strawberry Cough. And then I got, uh, uh, there's a lot. Um, there's a couple males that I got from Pinot Farmer J that were from Kaya as well. The project that they did together, I got some OG Rascal Fire OG times Bubblegum male that I'm gonna breed uh, with some plants. And then I got, uh, man, I got a, a few other ones I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna focus on just the Gorilla Glues right now. And then I'm giving away a lot of clones to veterans and medical patients. Um, but I really find Gorilla Glue helps me, so I want to focus on those projects. I got Monkey Candy, which has Gorilla Glue in it, Cosmic Glue, which is, you know, Subcool and, and uh, you know, Roma Body together. And then I got the original Gorilla Glue, which I'm going to breed those all together in different ways. And then, uh, so I'll just put, like, the Monkey Candy on the Cosmic Glue, the Cosmic Glue on the Monkey Candy, the Gorilla Glue, or the Cosmic Glue on the Gorilla Glue, the Monkey Candy on the Gorilla Glue, and just, um, work on those projects um as time goes on and uh follow those lines they help me a lot i got the original og kush uh, came from a guy that's been growing it here for a long time but it's like a 30-year cut from california 30-year-old cut so it's the original og it has all the problems that come with it you know the typical og problems it's all just you know, you got to hold that bitch up and it doesn't yield as much <laughs> as you'd like. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a hassle. But 
you just learn you learn to fucking grow that cultivar as well as the other ones that you have. I'm trying to think. There's a few more that I have. I got amnesia. Uh, the Afghu, the snowball. You know, ethos calling snowball. It's a good one. It smells like pineapple tonic. I think that's it. Strawberry conk. Yeah. How do you like that amnesia? Amnesia's fire, dude. Like that. It's heady. Super stinky, super heady. My buddy grew some out. I got the clone. I got the seeds. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to finish growing that out and uh, work with some projects. Uh, work that into some projects. What's the flower time like on that? I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't grown it out myself. My buddy grew it out. So I got flour from it and pressed it and I've been giving it out to patients because <laughs> it's so heady. I just trade it and, you know, but yeah. So would you, I, uh, is that uh, the ones that work for you the best are the headies? Is Tiva almost down strains? It just depends. Um, I'm not like an indica sativa type of person because uh, I just go by what like makes me feel better for what time of day, I guess. The, the amnesia will definitely get me up and going. Um, sometimes like sativas will knock me out. That one kind of has that, uh, like it'll get me going and then like I can smoke it at the end of the night and still go to sleep, you know what I mean? Um, but other sativas like blood wreck, they'll keep me up heart racing, paranoia, all that kind of shit. But I usually go for indica. I'm just not picky. I don't really care about classifications. I just go with whatever makes me feel better and what suits my needs at the time of day. I like that answer, to be honest with you. I appreciate it. You know, because I, I'm, I'm kind of right there in that field with you as well. Uh, I believe it's more of a turf profile thing to be honest with you and i've always been on 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 board of saying there that uh i miss those days and that's one of the biggest problems of calling medical cannabis medical right now is you know people aren't able to actually go in and you know get an accurate judge for themselves you know back in the day a few years ago here in michigan you could go back to almost like the caregiver setup you could go in you could nose a strain you know what I mean? And then for me, that's what always hit me. You know, I wasn't ever, I'm still not impressed by numbers. You know, I'd rather nose that jar. My nose always knows, you know, numbers aside, I'm like that one. <laughs> and my nose yeah. very rarely lets me down, man. And, and in fact, is I'm always kind of funny surprised, you know, you pick that one, you let the nose pick that one. Then you come back and you're like, that was really good. And then you see the number and you're like, just like everybody says, it's kind of mids. You didn't expect that. You're like, oh man, it was you know, 20, 18, 20. I got high as fuck off that shit. I wonder, you know, and that's the nose, man. I think the turps play a, a huge role in what's going on with the effects. There's only been a few strains that have come from shops or, or large cultures that uh, have improved that have impressed me over the years it's very far and few between man it's it's kind of sad um, 
one that really stood out to me last year was uh was i think in partnership with lemonade it was the blanco from michael corleone blanco and that strain tested 30 percent. and i tell you what man when i smoked that fucking strain it felt like a 30 percent. and then when i went to smoke the cheetah piss which was the cookies um lemonade collab thing that they have that strain wasn't as good it, it's tasty very fucking tasty but it's not giving me that fucking hit that I need, you know, and that Blanco just, it blew me away. I was like, damn, this is testing 30 and it feels like it. But other than that, there hasn't been too many strains that have impressed me from medical dispensaries or recreation. There's only a few things up here that are really like top notch up in Washington. Arizona has some top notch, but it's like, just barely like the last few years they started stepping their game up like growth sciences and a few other people producing some really good stuff true infusion out of arizona what would you be calling top notch right now um top notch from where i'm at um you know i haven't been i haven't been into any shops lately but um i haven't seen anything impressive because i haven't bought anything you know i usually get it from people that i know or i grow it the last stuff that i you know grew the gorilla glue was way more impressive sadly to say but it was way more impressive because i didn't try that hard and their stuff is just, I don't know, the dispensaries I went to were just like carrying booth. There's a lot of like, I think outdoor stuff being pushed up here in Washington and then like the good stuff, it goes for a pretty penny. And if you ain't got a industry discount or a medical discount, you're gonna have to pay for it. And I don't have the money for it, man. I put all my money in soil and back into my business. <laughs> but nothing wrong with that i you tried know, to I'm too snobby for flour you know what i mean yeah to go into like one of them places and buy some because you know i'm a grower and you know i just i can't see paying it for a lot of that like you say a lot of that stuff to me i looks good i know that's straight up mids man i just won't pay it most times <laughs> when i'm going in it's for something that i'm like not making the other day I went in, I got extracts. I got some crumble. Uh, yeah. I got some, you know, ghost OG crumble. And I think I picked up, what is this? Some, uh, oh, I think this old gelato, fresh post gelato. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was really good. But yeah. again, that's not something, I don't have a press. Otherwise, I'd be pressing it here. So I don't. So I that's yeah. the only reason I pop into somewhere like that. I'm not definitely not there for flour. I don't even look at the menu. It's like, well, 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 yeah. for two extracts. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I think a concentrate that really blew me away recently, just hands down, all the ones that I tried from uh, Ross Kaya Paul, Pacific Northwest Roots. Um, Kush Cream Co. She hooked me up uh, with some dabs at the Silly Cream event, and uh, damn, I was fucking high as shit, blown away. Just 
I don't smoke like that. She got me high off all of them. <laughs> it was pretty good. Was, they had all the different flavors, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Another one? Did you catch yeah. Ross uh, Kai Paul the other night? He was on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I watched that. I watched, yeah, I watched that whole thing, man. It's awesome. <laughs> How is that coffee? How is this coffee? I don't know. I'm just breeding with it. Uh, I just got the mails from Fino Farmer Jay. He blessed me with them because I, I met up with them at a, a, a hydro store and I was just, you know, talking shop, and working with the, the lady at the store, you know, because I work with her to get some things. And so I was like, just talk, talking about breeding and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I got these males I just threw out. And I was like, what are they? He, he's like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, this and that. And I was like, what the fuck? he's like, do you want them? I got a few more that are inside. I was like, yeah, I was kind of looking for some good shit. <laughs> I just wanted to throw something on these moms because I had these mothers growing for a long time. And I was like, I'm just going to put them to rest. So I was like looking for somebody's males that they're kicking out, you know, some good stuff. And so it just happened that the universe, you know, blessed me and we all met up at time. And so I, I just took the, it was the plum, plumber's crack. And then there's the CNK KLT which is Larry OG, Kosher Kush OG, Headman's 24 Karat times uh, Kaya's Coffee and um, I think Forum Girl Scout Cookie. And then there's the uh, Fire OG from Rascal times the Bubble Gum, that, that male. And then I got I think it was like four or five different meals. So I just started, you know, putting the mothers to rest is what I like to say. I just put seeds on, I just, you know, breed them and then fucking put them to rest. But I made clones of everything and then uh, put them to rest with uh, the projects that I got going right now. That way they can just seed and die. <laughs> So uh, what uh, what are some of the things you've got right now? For what? Uh, strains that you worked on in seed. What, uh, what would you be working on in seed form right now? Stuff that I'm working on right now? Um, yes, just the stuff that I have seeded right now. All my other genetics, they got stolen. Um, down in Arizona with some rosin presses and stuff. Somebody robbed my business. I was just like, whatever, fuck it. And I just moved back up here and fucking, you know, started some new shit. But I just went with all the originals, like, you know, to me, originals are like train wreck, OG Kush, Afgu, Strawberry Cough, the Blueberries, you know. Northern Lights. I got skunk number one from Todd McCormick. Todd, Todd McCormick, and I got the skunk one from somebody else. Um, I got the Congo, which is a, I don't know if that's a classic, but it's, you know, I guess you could call it that. But I was blessed, you know, with that. I got the Dog Walker, which is supposed to be really dank. Um, so I just kind of look for the old stuff and then try to um, 
work new lines. I don't want to work with all the polyhybrid stuff. I just want to work like solid brand lines into what I want to play with and then just, you know, start doing F1s and then uh, F2s, F3s, F4s. But I just want to work on stuff and just find something that I like and then run, run a certain direction and then, you know, see what happens there. I usually have two different projects at one time. That's it. And that's just two seeds or two, two cultivars, you know, however many seeds. And then I work with those. Um, and then all the other, you know, females that I have in my stable, those two, you know, cultivars that I'm running at the time, I can put those on all or just a few of those cultivars, you know, at any point in time. And then I can save you know, male pollen for, you know, putting on, you know, the other ones that I didn't do in the first, you know, round. So I just, I got everything written down. I got it in my head too. So I just work on, you know, let's say six monkey candies, six uh, cosmic glue. And then I just um, take the best male, take the best females from each one and then put those on each other and then, you know, run those directions. And then um, at the same time I'm doing that, I'll throw the other ones in the tent, like Gorilla Blue or the OG or the Critical Purple, and I'll just let those seed as well and then have those projects for later. So I'll just save, you know, different seeds, you know, for different projects in the future. I just do a lot of saving. And then whatever people want to play with that, you know, they're interested in, I'll just be like, here, you know, here's some play with them if, you know, if I like you <laughs> or if, you know, I see that you need it. I'm not, I'm not really about like trying to profit from anything. My seeds are just my seeds. If people want them, they can have them. If they want to pay for them, uh, I guess, you know, I just don't really sell things. I like to trade. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I like to, uh, I like to way my to I like to sell my, my, my services when I come to your farm and I set up infrastructure and I source equipment. That's why I set up my botanical biotech consulting and stuff. I could just, cause I, I got all the connections, you know, for different people in the industry and I could just connect dots. That's what I started out doing in the cannabis industry, going to events, which, going to different vendor booths before the events even started and just making connections and then connecting people up that need to be fucking connected together so they can both be successful. And they're like, you know, you know, they hook me up with things in the middle, you know, just because they're like, you made all this happen, you connected me and all that. And it's just love, right? Like we just help each other out. That's the way I was raised. I'm smi I'm smiling <laughs> very big because I'm a very qualified networker too. Yeah, I, I'm very, I'm very, yeah, I've said that before, you know, even on some of these other projects, you know, networking is well, one of my very much one of my skills. I, mm -hmm. I'm good at, you know, finding people that have this asset and this person that needs that asset and putting A and B together. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of great things that come out of that doors that when you need things that you can make calls and such a wide variety of people too yeah that's when that's why when i started this thing too man people were like 
how in the fuck are you getting all these people? And I'm thinking, oh, years <laughs> of fucking networking. Yeah. Years of fucking networking. And, it started uh, in my younger years when I was working in the weed hustling game. And people like, let's just say, for instance, I knew chronic dealers and I knew Reggie dealers. And they wanted to meet each other so they could just move each other's products in different directions, you know? So I was like, well, I know this guy that has the killer chronic by the pounds. And then I know this guy that has killer Reggie by the pounds. And so I link them up and they're like, you know, they're all telling me, you know, I'll give you like, you know, $2,000 to connect me with your plug. And I'm just like, huh? And I'm like, no, bro, that's not how I work, man. I was like, you don't buy me out. You don't buy my plug and all this stuff that you're talking about. Okay. I work like this. When I connect you with this guy, he's my friend and you're my friend. So we're all friends. Okay. And so when I connect you with him and he connects you with, you know, whatever, when I come to you for something, say a pound of weed, you give it to me at wholesale price, not what you'd sell it for to everybody else. And then when the other guy, you know, I hit him up and I need some Reggie, you know, for a better price than what it's sold for on the market. I hit him up and be like, Hey, I just need a couple. And he's like, you don't need 50. Can I drop 10 or 20 on your lap and you can pay me later? And I'm like, bro, no, I don't do fronts. Okay. I only need a couple because I don't live beyond my means. That's another thing about me. I've never lived beyond my means. I used to make trips to California and I, and I counted my blessings and I, and I counted my lucky stars and I stopped because I made what I needed and I didn't push my limit, man. You know what I mean? I, I just lived comfortable. So I didn't just try to be out there with, you know, money and cars and jewelry because that wasn't my mission. I had all that. I had all that a couple of times. And when I looked at it all and I realized it didn't bring me any happiness, I gave it all away. And I spent more time with my family and I realized I needed to go back home and visit my family and see them. So that was it. I just said, fuck material shit. I'm doing this because I want to, because I love cannabis and I know it helps people. And I hope that, you know, whatever I'm doing in life, hopefully it makes me money. That's, that's the goal is you know, do what you love and hopefully you can, you know, never work a day in your life. <laughs> so, but, yeah. To me, I'm happy at that level. If I can do what I love and be happy and get by, I'm fucking cool with that. The money aspect of it, I'm right there with you. It's just, it's just a fucking means. It seems like the more it piles up, the fucking worse, you know, more and more. It's true. The more pro- more money, more problems. You know what I mean? I'm happy. With they, they were blown away uh, by that, too. They were like, man, you don't want money? And I was like, I was like, bro, we're cool, right? <laughs> I was like, I just want you to hook me up. Like, it's not about that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I just want good prices on weed because I smoke and I want to make a little bit of money so I can pay my bills. And, and go travel and do what I want to do to make more money. I want to invest in businesses, real businesses, not just do this, you know, back and forth on the illegal street shit, you know, get robbed and all that shit. That sucks. <laughs> Sounds like you've had a tough road on that end of it. That's for sure, man. Well, Sounds everybody, like that end of everybody it that's been, easy. I mean, I'm not going to say everybody, but I'm pretty sure everybody that's been in a position where they've moved something whether it's small or big pretty sure you've gotten done wrong or jacked or 
put at gunpoint and, and beat down to the ground and she'd be like, you know what I mean? You live through some shit sometimes, but I guess it just <laughs> will make you stronger, make you think twice. <laughs> Who you're working with, make you want to work in a more legitimate industry, you know? So you just want to, I, I just wanted to transition from all that, you know? I moved away. I, I lived that life. I moved out of it. And I was like, you know what? Medical is my path. That's where I need to focus on is just being in the medical scene and helping people because that's what makes me happy. That's what helped me. And then, you know, like, yeah, the money just, it always created problems. And when I had money and, and people seen it, you know, they're working nine to fives and, and they get kind of, you know, get kind of sour when they see you doing cool things and you don't have to work in nine to five. And they envy you. And sometimes they just want to take the easy route and take it. So you get, you know, you learn through those kind of things where people steal from your business and stuff like that. And I think that's just too when it comes about any industry though. That's any industry. It's cutthroat. <laughs> you know, as far as that goes, I think there's the that's the line right there. As I see it anymore, it's you know, I think the medical end side of things is the community, to be honest with you. And I think the rock side of things is like <laughs> the industry. And I see it more over and more over. And I'm honestly afraid. I've said it many a times for the medical aspect of inside of things that as the recreational gets opened up, I think the medical is just going to fall right to that, the wayside. I think that the research that's being done in it currently because of the number of patients, cards being drawn, has, you know, uh, research end of it has eyebrows raised and going, yeah, there's a lot we could do here. But I think as Brett comes forward and the people go, well, I don't need a card now. I can just go out and the numbers, you know, dwindle. I think that the research or, you know, funding for research will dwindle as well. And I've already seen it a lot here in Michigan, you know, as far as recreational goals, you know, rec people that started out, you know, seemingly, you know, with their heart in the right place, wanting to do these medical grows, get the medicine out of there. And now, you know, here, here comes rec. And now they're like, well, I'm only going to be right. I'm only going to be medical for another year. I'm going full rec. And it's like, and you can see, you can already see, you know, their heart being sucked right out of it and their wallet getting a little bit fatter already, you know, don't get me wrong. I can see why they're doing it. It's just, their heart's just no longer in it. The reasons why they started into it, you know what I mean? And it's, it's sad. I that's think another that's, thing, you know, when you go, when you're going to all these events and you're watching the people around you and you're seeing how they change, you know? You see people because you know them, you grow up with them, you know who they were before, you transition with them, and you see what they become. And then I kind of laugh at them. And it, it's like, just like my, my little brothers, you know, like my friends, you know, I just look at them and I'm just like, bro, I know who you are. Shut up. <laughs> Come on, man. But they put on a persona and they, they got this. You know, they got everything and 
some people, you know, some people carry themselves appropriately and, and are humble and awesome. And, and But other people, you know, we've seen everybody, you know, blow up and change. And <laughs> it goes, you can go a couple different routes, but yeah, I think that just happens, you know, with when you build your brand up and you get the popularity and money and all that, you know, it just changes you. I try not to let that happen because I came from, you know, an okay family, you know, that were all right. They weren't like rich or nothing, but anyways. <laughs> so where do you uh, see yourself? Where do you hope to see yourself uh, going here in 21? We're almost right around the corner. We've about made it through you know, the COVID 2020, we're all hoping for a bright and happy 21. Uh, what do you hope to see for yourself in 21, man? What do you hope to accomplish in the next year? All things in a perfect world, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just hope to see better, better weed. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I'm just focusing on, on you know, working different lines this year. Um, and, and traveling around and making hash and just helping people. I, I really focus a lot of my time on helping other people. Um, that's why I go to markets, um, trying to just make connections with people in, in the community and then um, whatever they need help with, you know, clones, seeds. I give all that away. You know? um, stuff that I'm working on personally, you know, I might release, you know, seeds in the future, you know, for sale, who knows, you know, it's just, I don't really have like, I don't know, I don't have a, a mission set out. Like I just do what I do and I love it. You know, whoever I hang out is, who I hang out with is whoever I hang out with. And I meet all kinds of people in the industry uh, all the time and it's wonderful. That's just what I like to do. And I think more what I'd like to see is events. So we can all get back together and hang out and smoke and, and just get back to some normalcy and shit. Fuck. That's what I want to see. That's what I was, uh, that's what I was stoked about. The last, I've made like three events this year. Snuck in maybe four. Maybe four. I don't want to say too much. Maybe four. <laughs> and each one of them, you know, <clears throat> Each one of them, I'm hoping as I'm driving there, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be on this COVID mass, man. You know, and, and it wasn't, <laughs> man. Everyone I, everyone I went to, nobody was, you know, it was, everybody was dying to be normal. And it was normal. And I think everybody needed that break all throughout. Yeah. But yeah, I hope. Yeah, you. man, it felt so good. Just to not like have to wear a mask around people and just be able to hang out. Like, those kind of breaks are awesome. It would be nice to have see the events this year come back. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. I agree. You know, uh, you know, I appreciate too the kind of uh, you, you know you've mentioned him a few times, but it sounds like you've taken a little bit of page out of Frenchie's book there. I mean, that's where he's, 
he gained a lot of his hash knowledge was doing a lot of what you're kind of doing now, traveling around, working with different cultivars. I mean, and think about it. I mean, what better of a way to become a, a, an amazing hash artist? I mean, you can only grow so many strains in your lifetime. I've grown, you know, an impressive amount, but you can't. I wasn't making hash throughout the whole thing. I mean, you can only do so much. But walk, you know, traveling around and working some all the time. And you get to, it's a lot of great hash knowledge right there. Got a lot of good cultivars worked and even more, like you said, a lot of great people met. You know, that's the best thing, you know. Then moreover, too, that's one of the best things I thought about the camp, these events this year is, too, is with his weirdest things were, you know, we were still passing joints. And, you know, I know you're not supposed to be doing that, but to me, that's kind of like, that's the breaking the bread, man. You're sharing that moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it was pretty awesome to see people share the moment, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got a funny story um, about French Um it was at the 2015 High Times Cannabis Cup, and uh, he had the smallest table around these other booths, but he had like all these temple balls, right? All these old balls of hash. And it was, I think it was like one of his first events. I, I may be wrong, but I just, I was walking around and I was just talking to everybody, and, and he was, it was loud because they got all the music playing and they got like different stages, different music. And it's like so much. So it's hard to hear. Okay. And then he has the accent. So it's like a double whammy and I'm already missing cartilage in my ear. So it's hard to hear certain tones and I'm like, fuck me. So I didn't want to seem disrespectful. So I kept it short with them, but he had all these old ass balls of hash. And it was like, that's the stuff that, um, like he was I, he's trying to talk to me about it you know and how he makes it and, and and all that and i was more fascinated in what he had to say but it was hard to understand so i tried to keep it you know sweet and simple <laughs> but yeah i just remember you know i went around to the the rotovap guys selling the equipment i went to tiny from clean clear concentrates um, and then I seen the CBD crystalline for the first time and he gave me a half time of that. That was really awesome. And then I went over to Guild Extracts and I got to try the THCA crystalline. And he sat me down and was like, here, here's my, here's my whole fucking stash. And he was like, I can't talk right now because I'm really busy. But here, try all this and let me know what you think. And I was like, for real? And he's like, yeah, man, come over here. And then like, he sat me down and he's like, this is this. This is the new THCA. This is THCA guava. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. And so like after like three or four or five dab hits, I was zombified, man. I was like, what the fuck? I have to get up and eat and drink and like take a breather. And I was just blown away, man. Like, so I got to, I get to meet all these different types of hash makers, man. And that's what I really, I was passionate about. Like just meeting all the different people that make hash. So I went to like Oil Factory. I went and seen Moxie stuff. I went and seen uh, like um, Davenport Extracts. Man, they had some phenomenal blueberry that year. I think they won the award for that blueberry. Um, 
I went to Johnetics and seen their fucking um their hash. Um, he was really cool. Sites, that's his name. Sites from Johnetics. Man, bless those guys. They make some fire. It was really iry over there. Um, so then I went over and hung out with um, Icon Cannabis and um, Dan Q and, and a few of those guys over there. And then I just kind of chilled out. And uh, after I picked up my, my little grams and stuff to try out, I fucking finally sat down and he's like, you got a dab rig? And I was like, yeah. And that was another story. I'll tell you how I met that guy. Um, <laughs> so... I'm, I'm chilling at his booth, and, and this guy that's never done dabs, okay, I give him, like, the biggest chunk, half a half a gram chunk of the blueberry dabbing for extract, and I just put it right in that banger, hot as fuck, and he takes his first dab, a half gram of an award-winning cup screen, man. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> we all were laughing so hard, man, and that, man, that was one of the most uh happiest moments that I ever had was was right there at that event. That's why I like the high times cannabis cups before it changed. I remember it was cool. <laughs> when you can go buy pounds of weed and shit like that, you know. Well that was just last year up here. <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah. thing. Yeah, they that last one they had uh Fuck it was yeah. in October, the harvest cup there. Yeah. And it, I you know, I think I I was I was thankful for it, brother. I honestly was. Because you know, harvest time as a caregiver can be a little tough, man. It can be tough. Outdoors around, it's full. Everybody's got loads of it. And it yeah. usually I've seen it squash things here prior. I think you know, it gives everybody the uh, opportunity the to present what they got. And then it's like, we don't have that anymore. We don't have the variety. Sorry to interrupt you. But uh, I think, you know, it was, it actually hurt the market here. You know, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. You know, depends on how yeah. you want to look at it. But it really drove things south there a couple years prior. So you know, this year, I actually, that year, I, I knew everybody who had put some outdoors. You talk about like just like, getting, oh, getting the price per pound. It just dropped. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. next to nothing. Well, that's kind of like, like what happened in Arizona. To like 800. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that quick. Over. No, that's what happened in Arizona is like, um, that was our mission was we took all the cheap California weed, right. And we drove it to Arizona allegedly and then all the people were just, you know, flooding the market and it dropped, uh, it made the dispensaries drop the prices on all their shit pot. So we were just trying to drive down the shit pot, shit pot price in the dispensaries and make them drive their quality up so they can hold it up to our quality that's just mid-grade California pot that's grown halfway. You know, it's not even, it just looks like indoors, you know? So um, when, when that whole thing was going down, they started raiding the markets and then like, it, it just it just forced the dispensaries to drop their price down to hundred dollar ounces. And that's where it's at now. That was the goal when I when I went and I, I started going to dispensaries after I got out of prison. I seen what was happening. I seen all BHO products, no solventless hash products, none. Only a few here and there. 
out of all the dispensaries. So that was one thing I wanted to see change was everybody doing the you know solvent list. And then so that along with um uh what were we talking about just a second ago, sir? The flood of outdoor into well, the yeah, market flooding there. Yeah, know, flooding the weed into the market. Yeah, yeah. So that was what drove the price down. It made the dispensaries drop their prices down. So I mean it just balanced everything out. So once I seen that happen in Arizona, I was like, cool. Um basically time to, you know, just move somewhere else and help the mission in another state or, or just go back to home and, and, and do that. And that's what I've been doing is just traveling the different states, helping the new states that just open up for medical or recreational. And I just help them set up, you know, their hash infrastructure, you know, how to how to fucking make hash and hire employees. I know a bunch of people that need jobs in the industry that are fucking that have a passion for cannabis and, you know, trimmers are a dime a dozen, but you know, hash makers are, are a little bit hard to find. But I know a lot of people that like to make hash. So. <laughs> but yeah, I just like to help set up, you know, set up shop in different places, up and coming places. Well, it needs it. How, well, how how are you not in Oklahoma now? <laughs> no, I just don't have the means. I don't have the means right now. I had to go through a, I'm working <clears throat> through a, a lawsuit for being beat down and blinded by the police and shit. So and then I have um, another thing that I'm working on since I got hit by a car last year. Um, it's been a little bit harder for me to work and stuff and make money. So. Um, so I'm waiting for a settlement and then I'll have the financial means to actually go and travel and all that. So I'm just kind of, you know, reinvesting in my company most of all. I don't know. I, for some reason, I just, man, flatlands of Oklahoma are calling me. That, that I, I think of just that, that unlimited plant count, I tell you. When I think about cannabis, the cannabis dream right there. I think about unlimited plant cow, all the mothers, all the plants. Like we talked about earlier, all the strains we work through. That's what makes you lucky right now is you go through and work, see a bunch of them. You know what I mean? Work with a bunch of making hash and stuff. But man, you had unlimited. You never had to throw another strain away. You could just. <laughs> push it aside and move along, pop the next, you know, 10, 20, pheno hunt, put it aside. That'd be, I honestly think that would be, I think that would be my life's goal right there. I think I would be happy right there. Boom. <laughs> Just yeah, pheno hunt. I want to set up different um, <laughs> grows in different places, different states, and then different markets because, um, you know, different markets have different tastes, different, you know, waves. So um, we're just going to try to meet the demand of, of, and try to, you know, be ahead of the curve with new stuff, you know, always bringing new stuff to the market, stuff that's not, you know, a there's like hundreds of cookies, hundreds of OGs, you know, we want some new stuff that's dank as fuck, you know, that's my drive and I just keep working on it and I'll find some more. I think I just want to bring that, you know, I just want to have different, I'll set up once, you know, I get everything going, I'll have different states and different people growing in different states working on different projects, you know, because I'll have the uh, the capital, you know, just to 
set up different breeding projects and then I can just set up different fucking uh, nurseries and then just do that. And then I'll, I mean, ultimately my goal would be to license cultivars and make royalties like a five to 10 cent royalty on every gram sold. That would be the ideal goal for somebody, you know, breeding or you know, working in the industry. You know. I always thought uh, Sub and uh, Will were headed down the right path or a, a good idea anyway. They had a great idea with that. Will's I'm always, hearing, I'm already, I'm always hearing those guys on. Still Will and Queen B. I talk to them a lot. I'm always cheering them on. I want to see them play well. know that if they would have been able to pop that off you know just issue license cuts i thought that was a a great idea you know pet basically pedigree cuts you know yeah. i mean your cut wasn't the cut unless it actually came from or with that certified you know pedigree and i thought yeah. that was a pretty awesome way to keep things going keep the lines clean that's moreover what I'm worried about, keeping the you know the lines you know good and clean. And so with tissue culture, man, you, you can really uh, ensure that your genetics are gonna be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that too. That's the only possibility right now is that. And Especially I'm, for people I'm like us that are excited about that. We just want to carry everything. We want to, we want to hold on to everything. So, we, you know, if we can just throw it on <laughs> Petri dishes or whatever and let it sit, and then we can just hold on to it forever instead of having a room full of mothers or, or seeds that we got to worry about degrading. I agree. I agree. You know, Rafter Girls was nice enough to come on here and uh, show us a little bit of... Uh, some tissue culture technique and how to store, you know, briefly a little bit of talk about how to bring them back. But, you know, even at that, I'd be, it's, it's still next level. If I could just, as long as I've got the knowledge to, you know, be able to start taking them and keeping them in the fridge, I'd be, that's cool with me as well. I could, worst case, I could always take, you know, that cooler full of vials to, <laughs> somebody else here it's clean yeah. bring it back <laughs> or you know they could clean it as well you know, as they brought yeah. it back I remember they taught us um, like I think just basic tissue culture back in uh, plant leaf anatomy and horticulture they had Venus fly traps in the agar and the agar and they were kind of showing us how to do it but I think I just transitioned into, into another class. Oh, no, I got sent to a different school. Yeah, I got kicked out of that school. That's what happened. I had to go to the alternative because I had weed papers and alcohol in my backpack. <laughs> so I didn't get to learn the tissue culture. I was like right fucking there. And I was like, son of a bitch. I guess I'll have to learn later. But yeah, I've been watching a lot of different, um, I signed up for different webinars for tissue culture. And I, uh, yeah, I take a lot of notes. So. It's just getting the hands-on, you know, experience. I don't want to always take fucking notes and watch shit. I'm always just doing stuff with my hands in the soil, doing things. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to read about it all the time. I want to actually do it. 
So I got to find somebody that's willing to, you know, link up and fucking want to teach me how to do it, I guess. Again, I think Raptors over that way. Look him up on Instagram. He's a good dude. Who is it? Fucking uh, uh, Raptor Grows. Raptor Grows in Instagram. Raptor? Cool dude. Yeah. So, so you haven't, uh, I, I know I've put down at least a joint. You got nothing going over there? No, you just. No puffing, no nothing at all. There you go. He's ready. Nice. Oh, it's a talking nice. stick. I just hold it and talk. <laughs> ah. <laughs> My nothing friends used to fucking get on me about that. They used to tell me when I'd be rolling the blunt, and they'd be like, man. Quit talking and fucking light shit. And I'm like, you're in my house, motherfucker. You're smoking my bomb ass pop. <laughs> Listen to my story. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, hold on. I got a fire That's, alarm going on. I'm guilty of that. Nice, son, girl. Super yeah, I think I'm going to do a quick dab myself. I, I guess. You ain't going wow. down in that thing, man. <laughs> I think the bun. Hopefully you're not waking anybody up because I asked you to smoke. There we go. <laughs> it happens way too often. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to... rather at work than not have it. I think I'm going to actually take a little dab. That's one of the little things I was saying the other day about, uh, see, I'm like, I, I'm an old school fucker, I guess. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I have set in my ways in some ways. And I, again, I like my bubble hash and the whole, I, the dabbing part of cannabis has been nice. You know what I mean? I'm, Smoked oils throughout, earwax, oh, all that good shit throughout. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. But since the show's been going on there, been doing a lot more dabs, a lot more dabs. And then uh, Mr. Oh, Sun yeah, Girl, 707, who just <laughs> popped out of the show there, fell said he was falling out gifted me a dab rig you know a few weeks ago so you've been dabbing and, more. Uh, unfortunately I, oh, I, I started instantly dabbing more I broke the rig. <laughs> oh no I'm breaking the rig yeah on the air on air at that i was just so i was so fucking i couldn't live it i couldn't even say anything i was just like beat red for like five minutes it's bad enough like when you do it at home and nobody's watching but when you do it live on air and like 70 people are watching you're like oh, oh man. you just like biting your cheek you know what i mean and so it went for a little while. I ended up buying another rig and ended up getting an email. Thank you, Rude Nuts 619. 
And uh, so now it's been, it's definitely picked up. I must have taken you know, good 12 dabs at least today. <laughs> at least today, good 12, <laughs> which is up, up from like two. You know what I mean? And then uh, I was, since I got the email a few days ago, I was like, man, this is nice. You know, now I can actually hit this out while I'm on the air because now I'm not, you know, I don't have the torch in the background. You know what I mean? I could just drop a little bit in the skillet there and be hitting it and shit. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's progressing. It's almost progressing by the hour. <laughs> let, let me know when you start leaving your email on 24 <laughs> 7. hopefully i know hopefully some people that do happening. tommy trichomes last night was already asking me how long i left it on you know he's like man i've left yeah. my on for a month solid before i'm like well, dude, <laughs> it only takes like a few minutes can, to heat up that's yeah. that's it Mine takes like at least, you know, like a minute and a half, and it's already fucking done. It's ready. Yeah. Good. Got the yoga I mean, dab it down. Granted, like last night and right now during the show's been on, I've, I've had it running, but it's just more of a convenience thing. But it does only, I think it's honestly about the time that I would have normally grabbed the torch and got everything ready anyway. It's already ready. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, why not save the power and save the unit? And keeping it off as much as possible, unless there's something stupid that I don't know about that it takes more to heat up than it does to keep it going. You know what I mean? It's Some more days I'm just the having to heat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you do. Yeah, obviously, if you're pressing a lot, you're probably taking a shit. When it's good, it's outside. good. You smoke it. <laughs> And if it's fresh off the press, you're like, man, it smells so dang. You're just like sitting there like, fuck it. Let's just take another one. <laughs> and I should give shout outs. This is a Purple Thumb OGs. This is his uh, yeah. perps, Purple Punch, man, that I've been hitting on all day. And it is really good. Actually, I think oh, it I actually put me out earlier, man. I went back and forth. I think I hit the Purple then I hit the garlic, and then I went back and hit the purple again, and then it was fucking weeding that time for <laughs> about 45 minutes, man, after the fucking three dabs in a row. I was like, oh, better sit down for a second. Where's he, where is he <laughs> based out of? I, I follow him on Instagram. Uh, I, I want to say south down, you know, southern. I don't want to say locale. I, I'm not sure if he's red or you know what I mean? He's in California, he's though. Reds. Yeah, I think he was kind of closer towards, you know, eastern, southern, maybe North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. Somewhere over there? I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Purple thumb. If I gave away too much, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh cheers thank you but hit this guy follow him he's got some good looking plants man it looks dank great dude man i'm always thankful he hangs out whatever all these people man it's just been <coughs> one hell of a ride 
you were kind of talking about that a little bit there earlier about you know how some people it's hard to talk when you're having a good time and necessarily some people aren't having as good as you you know what i'm saying but it's been a fucking year great year man this this whole experience meeting all these people that i've been blessed to meet with hang out with night after night 2020 has been a fucking amazing year been very grateful for this ride yeah it's been cool (laughs) it's had its ups and downs definitely um we've had to definitely change our business model because of uh covet and shit you know the whole vendor life can't really happen that much so we gotta focus our business model in a different direction with education and Consulting. I've worked on a few micro-grows. But, I've been up there. So has, uh, like, video consulting been a thing? You know, as far as this goes, yeah. I mean, you could have somebody walk you through their garden with their phone, and you could be like, yeah, look at this, look at that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I have it set up, but I, I'm not really aimed towards doing Zoom consults unless it's, like, you know, about hash and stuff like that or, or whatever. Um, I really want to get into the grow so I can look at things. I have to look at it, you know, know what's going on. I have to feel the environment. I got to see what the fucking environment's, you know, like. And, and you can't see things on a camera. You can't see mold and all that. You can't pick up the pots and look at them, you know. And there's things that they don't want you to see, so... I just like to get up in there and fucking start moving shit around and then, you know, get a feel of, you know, what the, what their issues that's, are. And that way I can funny try to part work. of it there that you say the things that they don't want you to see. Well, that's the reason you called me. Motherfucker. <laughs> you're yeah, obviously no. not doing yeah. some things right. Don't hide the things you're not doing right. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, some of these people don't want to be fucking told that they're, they're not doing shit right. And, and I'm not, you know, the one to say it like that, but I'm just like, Hey, you know, you, you hired me to come and help you. So I don't want to argue or fight with you this whole way. I'm here to show you what, what's, what's, you know, need to be changed. That way you can be more successful, be productive and, and you know, produce healthy medicine. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think if you've came to the point where you've hired a consultant and you bring in somebody in, you better be, yeah, you're pretty much at that point where you're, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? You better be ready for everything that you need to hear because obviously you need to hear that because and I'm only here at that stage. I'm really working with farms that are wanting to go regenerative and sustainable. I, I only want organic. That's the only thing I've ever focused on. I don't I don't do anything else. Aeroponics is cool. I mean, everything has its use and its you know need, but I just I and I have an appreciation for it all. You know, there's some killer fucking pot being grown in all different mediums in all different ways. Um not to say anyone's better than the other, but I do go towards organic. That's my drive because I feel it's better. I feel it in my in my body. You know what I mean? So I just work with farms that want to go that direction and have that drive and 
desired. So, and, and even if I can influence them or, or you know, steer them towards that just by a video consult and, and just explaining things, and then I can show them, you know, with screen sharing, and, and I can give them curriculum, and I can uh, give them uh, different educational material that I've, you know, acquired along the way. You know, that I I have, you know, passed on to other people, and it's helped build them. So I, I want to be able to provide that. If you so desire, you want that, you know, you want that direction. But you know, trying to tell somebody that that doesn't fucking want it or it's just drawn hydro is just like talking to a wall sometimes. <laughs> or they just want to use salts and everything the way they want because that's what they that's all they know. You know? I'm I'm still I I've worked my way through everything except hydro. Uh, you know, I, I honestly have wanted to try out DWC, but I have yet to run that system. It's been cocoa, cocoa, or some type of cocoa, or you know, soil at one point, super soil at one point. I'm back in cocoa now. I I've do done have a lot of boxes here. And like cocoa, uh, so, soil cocoa, hydro soil cocoa, you know, all the different variations. And it just seems like you can get some good product from soil, you know, with, with uh, you know, hydro, you know, uh, liquid nutrients in soil. And you can, you can get some, you know, it's like a hydro fusion soil, you know, kind of thing system uh, where you use like rock nutrients in soil. You know, I've done all that, but I just feel like you're, you're, you're not going to get the quality. I'm, I'm looking for a better quality and taste in the mouth. So when you add chemicals to it, I'm not trying to worry about flushing any of that out. I just want something, what I put in, I want to be natural and healthy. So that way, whatever I'm putting in that plant, you know, it's, it's going to be going into my body. I want to make sure it's natural and healthy and safe. That's just my drive. I mean, That's another thing I appreciate about the plant too. It seems to be the natural progression of things as in, in cannabis. You know what I mean? As you start growing that plant, and then you become more and more concerned about what you're taking in, that which is leading more and more people to the organic side of things. And then as it, you know, as it starts right there in that little garden, somebody's closet thought of organic there it seems to be <clears throat> phase one you know what i mean just that learning step i don't know how many great people that i've talked to including myself not the great parts people that are making this uh curve here you know it it changes you man it really does as you start to think about the organic side of things it, you know it starts making you Think about, you know, everything else as a whole. You know what I mean? I, and I need to be be more conscious of what I'm doing, not only in the garden, but, you know, the food I'm taking in, you know, the way I handle my waste and stuff like that. That's the encouraging thing about the organics is knowing how you can yeah, actually improve your footprint, like right off the bat, right off the bat, if you were willing to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, you could lessen up your fucking garbage bag loads. Yeah, you, you know, take all your what everything you're waste, eating, your food waste, and make growing. compost. You know, and it, 
you're making free fertilizer at the same time you're you know taking you know weight out of the landfill it's all it's all as this this plant though you know it's taking on these walks of life of people like i say that you know that started out just smoking the plant and then decided to start growing it then decide they want you know healthier cleaner buds so the organics and the organic just kind of keeps you know they may have been a carpenter like myself that you know, from the beginning, but then as they go on to this, they're like, I need to learn a little bit about microbes. And, you know, it's yeah. encouraging people to to learn a lot, a lot along the way. You know what I mean? It isn't even about smoking anymore. It's encouraging people to make it smarter. Just I don't know where the whole stoner mentality ever came from. You know? <laughs> I, think that, I think that this is going to be what um, drives, I think, cannabis is going to be what drives all the other industries, the agricultural, you know, crops to be regulated just like cannabis. So when I see cannabis being put under so much scrutiny and regulation and testing, I am happy about that because we we want that to be done to our food as well. And if we actually tested our food the same way we tested our cannabis, we'd be fucking blown away. And that's why, you know, when I hear about people that are doing it and they're coming back with these results it's fucking scary dude because we all eat the same shit walmart and all these different places that sell produce that are sprayed with fucking crazy shit and grown with crazy shit and i'm like oh damn it you know i can't wait and it's it makes me so fucking happy it brings joy to my heart when i know that the cannabis industry is helping to influence our our testing and everything that needs to be done on our agricultural crops you know all this stuff uh, from Monsanto's and all this crazy shit that we've been preaching about for a long ass motherfucking time, you know, for 10, 20 years, 30, 40 years, you know, uh, that shit's just coming to light right now. And, and I think I see that helping to change the world, you know? And so when I think of like the power that this plant has to overthrow governments and to overthrow the corruption and all this shit, and just to like really make this world a better place like i see a bigger brighter you know vision than just medicinal value but just healing the whole fucking planet you know if we do a shitload of hemp and cannabis and everything can you imagine how much oxygen that produces and how much it's scrubbing the air you know of carbon dioxide so like just imagine man and then all the the you know tilling of the soil and all that you're, you're not needing to do none of that shit anymore. So you're just feeding, you know, all your crops with compost, you know, natural stuff. And then uh, you're just being regenerated, sustainable. Um, I see that is, it's going to, the cannabis plant is just going to, it's not going to change just, <clears throat> you know, a few things. It's going to change the whole world. Just because of that. You know? I agree. I think you're exactly right you know the what every tip that we learning we're learning right now that we're trying to apply to speeding up the cannabis plant or making a better cannabis plant all this knowledge that's being forced into this this industry because unfortunately that's a lot of the reason why you know it's being pushed so many people are well uh in big ag 
okay, how can we, you know, maximize our yields already in cannabis? Whatever they're, all those dollars being spent right now into that research, well, could it will most definitely be applied to, you know, like you said, agriculture all the way across the board. And hopefully, like you said, again, like you said, as people become more and more concerned about their growing practices with cannabis, hopefully they become more and more aware and concerned with their food practices as well. You know, mm-hmm. how their food's being raised and demand, like, again, like you said, a higher standard. You know, we don't want this, you know, hydro fucking tomato anymore. We want some nutrient dense food grown correctly because now we know you fuckers <laughs> we know about the nutrition programs and shit the mbk mbk we don't want you to just force feed them anymore we want our shit grown right hopefully man hopefully it comes around to that it'd be get rid of a lot of these health problems that we see anymore that's for sure uh i think a lot of that shit across the board is because of the nutrient depleted food that we're eating you know yeah, and our cannabinoid deficiencies, we've been separated from the plant cell. Yeah. It's been a great yeah. time too, man. I think it's a, it's a great how the oral medicine generation seems to be coming around here, you know, with the, the cannabis plant and now with the doors being open with the psilocybin as well, you know, being between the two, you know, Humanity is uh, going to be stepping up its game real soon. Yeah, I I love the <clears throat> the uh, the mushrooms that go around here. They're they're in abundance. They're everywhere. So I just walk out my front door, and there's like twenty different species. Sometimes uh, it's cool. Sinuses, azurescens, amanitas. I mean, eat a muscaria, pantheria, conos, all kinds of different kinds. <laughs> just shitloads. And there's just so many that you can't even identify them all. There's just the, like there's subspecies and new species. It's cool. But yeah, the mushrooms and LSD, that helps, helps a lot. I think it helps a lot of different people differently with different you know, problems. Uh, we're not even just scratching that the the surface on what it could do there. It's awesome. Well, so many people already, already are benefiting from it, and uh, long overdue. It's time we yeah. start using more natural remedies and start taking so much less of this pharmaceutical bullshit that is getting you know people to you know hurt themselves in so many other ways before they find that magical oh that's the thing too about the biggest fucking fucking bugaboo about that pharma medicine is you know people go in you know wanting some help from you know anxiety you know ptsd or whatever and they you know generally want help they don't want fucking to get high they just they just want a fucking normal day and shit and then they go to you know these medical doctors that some of them have a genuine heart and want to fucking walk you down the right path first, but so many other of them are just so 
here's a script, here's a script. Oh, this didn't work. Well, we'll adjust this. You know, it's got to go up. It's got to go down. Fucking, <laughs> oh, it, oh, that one didn't work. Oh, sorry, you've had the worst fucking month and a half of your life. But now we'll just try this one, and we're gonna be hopeful about this. So here's a whole new roller coaster for you, and fucking, you know, suffering the whole time before they even find something that is some kind of comfort and then it comes with a whole new regimen of side effects that you know you have to take more of this more more of that just yeah it's you know it's sad when it can just be ingested from something that can be grown you know it's about time that we've opened some minds and i experimented with many different different just to find you know which ones made me feel better i think that like mushrooms was where I started like salvia and mushrooms and when I smoked salvia that was a cool trip it was very different but mushrooms was like a system reset if you can understand that it's like when I did them it like helped me work through problems that I had built up you know inside and uh helped me work through that a lot and it was a it was a fun trip at the same time um peyote i did mushrooms and peyote at the same time um i've done uh, i love salvia i grow salvia i was privileged enough i was blessed by the universe from a guy up here named paul he owned a nursery for 30 years he had a, a nice cut from terence mckenna and so i grow that and i propagate cuts and i plant them all over the city so i know that it's everywhere but it grows nice. It looks nice, and nobody knows what really it is. So I just put it everywhere. It's <laughs> awesome. I give That's it out awesome. to anybody that needs it too. So if anybody wants salvia divinorium, send cuts. I'll give it out. Send you. It, again, it's it is the way, man. So many people. It's so underutilized. That hopefully standard salvia is a bit more crazy but you have to consume it the right way which is orally and you have to do it with respect so i wouldn't recommend people just go out and smoke salvia and do salvia because it's a little bit more advanced it's like dmt but yeah mushrooms and lsd i think it's a bit more manageable (laughs) but yeah sorry to interrupt Oh man, and you know I seen. Oh, you're muted. Sorry about that. I unfortunately seen that stuff firsthand. You know how the PTSD and how them drugs, the side effects. You know, and it. You know, I almost lost a daughter because of that shit, and it's. When I seen the power of cannabis be able to step in place of that shit, I was, you know, beating that drum hard. That's, you know, there's so many reasons why I do the things I do when it's cannabis related, but man, I, I'm all, I have been and I am and I will continue to be all in on this cannabis journey. You know, it's, it does it saves lives in so many aspects so so many aspects but uh yeah 
that medication, that anxiety medication, that stuff they fucking put out could be tragic, man. I fucking well, when it happened for me, we were talking about a 19 year old girl that uh, at the time, oh, she she still she can't she won't she has that mental tick where she can't like take a pill, you know what I mean? So all the medication they're giving her was in a liquid form and she was having terrible anxiety as it was from a car it was from a car accident and uh it was bad it was really bad so they 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 turn around and they give her liquid value at five mils five mils you grow you grow we i we you know we measure nutrients five mils ain't shit that's a huge huge uh margin error there again for a very kind of love you but irresponsible 19 year old and you know she had troubles with that you know not only just taking it on time she did with you know it was a little bit of roller coaster like that and it was terrible she hated it and then they uh fucking switched her over to uh Paxil I want to say, or Prozac, Prozac, that's what it was, liquid Prozac. Oh, wow. And that shit was, that was terrible. It was every side effect on the fucking bottle. And there was two instances on the wean off and getting her off of that, that, you know, almost cost us that. And it was that, them instances and that, that, you know, I immediately heard that you know it was helping vets with ptsd and everything else and researched all of that and when uh you know i found that cbd was helping i immediately made some phone calls and you know started to help getting her on a regimen of cbd and it helped it helped her wean her off all that stuff it still helps her today that's her go-to you know when she's having it you know i try to get her to you have some every day, but she tries to keep it for when, like a pen, when it comes. But again, I I tell her you need to keep it in your system. It needs to be present. Avoid it before it comes. You know what I mean, kind of aspect. And uh, but it, it it took her off that shit. Got her back to the you know, being a normal kid, normal. I probably I said kid, normal adult. Uh. But, you know, she still goes through it and it still helps. But, man, I can't help but think where why we might be today if we she wouldn't have wanted to be off of that and she had some type of alternative to seek, you know, other than that shit. You know, I'm grateful, very grateful for this plan. Yeah. One of the first, I think, experiences that I knew cannabis had medicinal value was when I was younger, about maybe 13 or 14, and I had gotten the flu real fucking bad. I didn't want to eat shit. And I was like, man, I just felt I couldn't eat anything at that point. And my, my mom just kept begging me to smoke weed. She's like, just smoke some weed. It'll feel better. And I was like, no, I don't want to smoke. Like, what the fuck? I'm sick. I just didn't feel like doing anything. So we're riding in the car and she just like, hit this weed. 
And so I hit it. And then like after like the second or third hit, like I was like, fuck, I need me a double fucking, I need me a whopper, two of them. And so she went and I had the flu. I was puking up my guts, man. I didn't feel like eating a thing. And then I smoked that weed and I was like, I felt instantly better, man. And I was only 13 years old. And I was like, man, this plant is fucking awesome. I was like, this shit just took me up off the fucking bed, you know, and put, you know, made me eat, felt hungry again. That was just one little experience. But yeah, man, cannabis, you know, I mean, we all have multiple reasons, like we were saying, that we do this and we love it, and how it's helped us. Ah. Oh. Yeah, salvia isn't something that you use for medicinal value. It's just strictly like a trip. <laughs> Mystic Grower said that earlier. I just wanted to respond. Yeah, but again, that uh, in that aspect, it can open some doors with you. That's more. That isn't more of a healing thing. It's. I think that's more of a tool for revelations. And, and here's the thing. Go look. People are smoking it and not doing it the right way by chewing it and eating it orally. It's a completely different method. And the people that use it as a medicine, they don't recommend you smoke it. They eat it, drink it. But anyway, so. Yeah, I would, you know, personally, I've been wanting to, you know, experiment with some DMT. So at some point in my life, I would like to open that door. You know, there's just something again, <clears throat> cannabis aside, going down the psilocybin realm, there's just something very spiritual about the mushrooms. And I think that there, I've said this many times before, I think between the two, cannabis and the mushrooms, they've been kind of purposely been put here to play a predominant role at an in particular time it's weird especially when we're being stressed as a humanity anyway with this covid and everything else yeah but you know with <laughs> be you know presented in front of us right now they they're good they will help us you know find ourselves and you know take us down a new road that we needed to go down, which is more of a spiritual path and getting to know one another and getting to do uh, the more of the right thing, care for one of each other. Don't worry about so much about the money. Fucking make sure we one another has everything we need, more of a support system for, you know, one another. And it's, it comes down to like the whole vibe, you know, and I think mushrooms is in it, it's specifically help you go down that road. You know, they're very spiritual that help you unlock things. And I think, you know, we, I, you hear like the Akashic record. I think there's something spiritual, another dimension, if you will, that we're only, I'm only able to access if we're on a certain level, we're vibrating on a certain frequency. And I think yeah. a mushroom allow your to change change channels a little bit of you know what I mean and to access that other frequency if not for a time you know but 
we're we're in a learning state while we're there is what i think you know and i uh, anymore when i and i microdose quite a bit more than i should probably say on here but you know what my favorite thing to do anymore i just when I take them is, is I like to be in a state where I can either, you know, meditate or, you know, do a little bit of self-reflection or I like to spend some, spend some time in the garden and yeah. go down deep to like an audio book that I've wanted to like, just ingest <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah. I do, man, something, you know, I'm just dying to learn about. I find myself just, as it's being read in my ear and I'm working through the garden, I find myself just, you know, sucking it in <laughs> mentally, just absorbing it like a sponge through that process. And uh, it's a good tool. It's a great tool, I think. You know what I mean? I think LSD has been more of a helper healer for me personally. Mushrooms has been the first. Um, but when I did mushrooms, it was like an emotional roller coaster and it made me face a lot of the uh, mental anguish and past deaths and stuff like that that I've been through. Uh, so for me, that's what it was like. When I did LSD, though, it was like all happy, all intellectual. I like I was just, man, like my mind was working in, in more directions and felt like I was just processing things better and more coherently. And I, I figure out a lot of things while I'm tripping on this. And I talk about a lot of things with my lady. And so she, she understands it and she can repeat it back. And, you know, it is cool. Like, I, I just think when I do LSD, it's more medicinal for me than mushrooms sometimes. I, I do like the LSD is like a casual weekend trip mushrooms i do less frequently maybe like once every couple months because it, it i think it has more of an effect for like a mental reset you know versus like the lsd where i just feel like i can do a lot more you know what i mean feel more accomplished after i do lsd and i go through a lot of things in my mind and then i like use that the next day or i just use it you know that day and, and you know just get through things i don't know figure out problems <laughs> focus on things i i again man i have to agree 100 percent with you man i think right now it's more availability for me you know what i mean but you're yeah. exactly right i was talking with uh but i don't like almost <laughs> uh we were talking about the difference the other day uh in a rabbit hole like mushrooms versus lhd they were talking you know we all know somebody that's still digging in their basement for gold or something. I'm like, that's bad acid. You know, that's fucking bad acid. I'm like, have you ever had good, clean fucking acid? You know, the like kind you four or five different kinds. <laughs> completely different when you when it's nice and you know, clean as we're talking there, you know, it is more like you're talking there. It's very intellectual. I knew when I took 15 hits of some good acid after the first couple hours of uh, going on an adventure and then seeing the, the, the spirals and everything and, you know, the vibration of colors and uh, I felt like I was like, okay, I felt like this just told me that I'm a fucking control freak and that I did too much and that 
I'm above this shit. I shouldn't have taken this much. Okay, I'm done. Now what do I do with the rest of my fucking time that I'm tripping? So I spent like the next four, five, six hours cleaning the house, smoking a bunch of weed and eating food. Oh shit, I guess we lost. I guess we lost. I'll be back. what happened <laughs> oh shit so mystic She's saying that mushrooms always made me on an emotional roller coaster for eight hours. Yeah, I felt like that's what happened to me. <laughs> the first couple of times, definitely. So that's funny. She had the same effects. Oh, man. I wonder what happened. <laughs> uh. What happened? Yeah, see, I don't, I don't do microdosing for mushrooms. I've always just taken like one or two grams. So maybe if I did microdosing, it might have a different effect. I do have enough to start microdosing, so I'm gonna try that. He'll be back, yeah. <laughs> reading over some of the comments. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people are starting to wake up. Even though they're trapped inside, everybody's going on their little uh, trips and adventures. Even though we're stuck in this, you know, stuck inside or wherever, you just feel like you're stuck. Feel like you're going through hard times anyways. Even though you're stuck inside sometimes and tripping, you go to another place. Or sometimes if you're tripping, you just use it. Like I trip during the day sometimes while I'm driving around, 
Game show done. Hey! What's going on, man? I'm, I'm on, <laughs> I had to switch to the phone, man. My fucking computer's locked up like fucking tight as shit. Uh, it happens. It happens, man. I can't yeah. wait. This is... Yeah, I actually had a PC go down like a couple of days, well, a couple of weeks ago now. And I've been trying to operate off this uh, like old laptop. And it's like, it's like bare, meets the bare minimal requirements to do shit. And I don't know oh. if it's uh, <laughs> that time, I don't know what happened because it, it did the usual, man. It just won't let me... Uh, it's actually functioning right now. I mean, the mouse is moving, everything's, but it won't let me get back on Zoom on this thing. So I got to try to restart it or whatever. Um, so I just logged on the phone. It <laughs> sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, so Mystic was saying that she had uh, she had done mushrooms and, and it was just an emotional roller coaster. She said, you know, basically the same thing that Ellie. LSD was just a fun time, you know. So I thought that was kind of funny. I was going over that while you were going. Well, I'd like to address that myself, though. Is um, yeah, I agree. I have to agree on that as well. But I think the mushrooms that are pointing out some things that we need to work on are things that yeah. are, uh, they they that they're helping us through a phase that we we don't want to admit, but we have to admit. In my case, you know, this shit, they actually changed my life. I've talked about this a few times, but man, I had a weird instance in my life where uh, things were, things were not as they, were not as they seem. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I had uh, somebody pass me a bunch of, uh, some good truffles and uh so i was taking them and i went heavy one night and uh <laughs> you, i was talking to nazi about uh we were talking about species and uh, i told him it was like six grams on a dry a dry truffle on this uh i forget it's it's a like an a1 it's a good one. I forget what the name exactly. What it, it's a good psychedelic, psychedelic truffle. It's well known and it's strong. But dry and wet weight, I, I never considered the dry and wet weight. Hmm. And I, I fucking, they were like bone dry. And I fucking weighed up six and it was much more than I, it was close to a hero dose. <laughs> but when I went in, you know, it was rough, man. It was, I had a hard time dealing with every everything. It made me fucking see some shit that I didn't want to see. And ultimately, what I seen and went through that fucking night showed me exactly some shit that was going on in my life I didn't know about. And it forced me to deal with everything that night. I actually had to call somebody and just, I didn't even talk to him, man. I just, I had to have feel that connection back to reality but everything that it happened that i seen in that phase and i had felt 
it was tough. It was, it put me through the ringer. It honestly put me through the ringer. But as life unfolded in the next year and a half and all that shit that I had seen and felt that night come to fruition, fucking everybody that, you know, was around me as shit was all unfolded was like, dude, how in the fuck are you doing it? How are you dealing with this so well? I was like, I already went through it, man. I seen it. I dealt with it. I I seen the better path to take, and you know, but yeah, everything in it, it was oddly everything that I'd seen and felt coming. Every bit of it came to fruition. Every bit of it came to fruition. And if it wouldn't have had been dealing with it that day and dealing with it the way I dealt with it, I don't know if I would have been able to handle what unfolded in the next year and a half. And what was even weirder about that, and it still applies to this day, ever since that dose, I have seen fucking angel numbers like fucking crazy. I never even, never even noticed them or had anything to do with them up until that point and they they started appearing like all the time and they became so rare so apparent they're like reoccurring numbers like one 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 two 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 you know uh stuff like that every time you see that there's different meanings between the sequence of numbers like that and you should take note of you know what's going on four 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 generally means like there's somebody kind of watching out for you you know at that moment you know you should kind of consider the path you're on reconsider the path you're on and shit like that one 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 usually kind of signifies like a new new beginning you should really concentrate on you know that effort you know each one has different meanings you know you can read into them in several different levels but i never took note of them before and then they became so like prevalent. I started seeing them so often and like everywhere. It was like, and it wasn't like like random, you know what I mean? It would be that number like until I took note of it. And yeah. it was so ever since then, you know, and now I'm now I'm I I still don't know why I'm seeing them as random as uh, as much as I do, but I for a fucking reason. I know it sounds crazy as shit, but it all leads no, no. back to that I hear you. one crazy night. And uh, I don't know. That's that's but, yeah, they... interesting, man. I, I know what you're talking about with the numbers. Um, I've been seeing numbers my whole life, and my mom used to tell me these things, and I just laugh about it. But uh, the 11-11, the 12-12, the 4-4-4, the 5-5-5, the 1-1-1, the 4-20, the 7-10, all the times I look at the clock and it's just those numbers. And then being that the lady that I'm with right now, her birthday is 11-11. So it's just kind of funny, you know, numbers, they started making sense and, and things started adding up with numbers and stuff. When I started tripping, especially on LSD, I started putting things together, uh, like with um, Eminem, Slum Shady, and then uh, uh, Julian Marley uh had the same birthday as me and um or no me and my sister have marley birthdays so she has the same birthday as damien marley and i had the same 
birthday is Julian Marley. And like, I just put all these like numbers together. I'm just trying to figure things out. Like what the fuck does all this mean? But yeah, it's just funny. Oh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, numbers, you know, it's a math. They've always knew that communication, everything kind of comes down to mathematical, you know, sacred geometry. You know, there's, there's a lot of deep shit in with numbers. And so, you know, I, I can't, one of those things, man, you just can't dismiss. You can only just kind of read into it. <laughs> and uh, I have been, I just, and they haven't let me down though. You know what I mean? Every time that I take notice and, you know, they've taken me, they've led me down the right path. So until they, <laughs> until they take me down to a dangerous road or whatever, I'm, I'm going to continue to follow the numbers. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 I just, I always notice them. It happened more and more as I got older. And, you know, what's funny is uh, the more that I kind of became vocal, because, you know, it, it was one of them things, too, as it happens to you, you go, well, this is weird, and I feel weird <laughs> about it. You know what I mean? You do, So you don't necessarily talk about it. You know what I mean? It's just one of the things you take taking note of. But then it, I, what I found out was, you know, once I opened my mouth up about the numbers the more people i came across that were seeing the numbers <laughs> the same thing and, and taking notes of them and yeah. uh, w which makes me in turn like you again seeing like tonight how you responded about the numbers makes me you know go aha <laughs> aha i know <laughs> he's just reconfirming you know what i think is what i'm right you know basically yeah and there's quite a few like documentaries and people that talk about that too. like the 11 11 thing it's kind of it's cool. a, it is too and i can't again i can't help but think it's some crazy crazy coincidence again cannabis psychedelics all that's being pushed at us as a time you know we're realizing numbers Herbal medicine, some would call it, you know, witchy, uh, witchy, Wiccan, Wiccan medicine, shit like that. Yeah. And that's another another thing too that uh, last year I kind of met a lot of herbal, herbal remedies, uh, people, witches, the Wiccan, I guess you'd call it overall type people, and pagan uh, druid. Like they're coming out of the woodwork and shit, you know what I mean? It's like all for a reason. I think it's all being presented at this time for a reason. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. I lean more towards like the Native American culture. Because that's, you know, how I was raised and the culture and family that I was raised in. But yeah, my, my mom was Wiccan. So I know all about it. Again, pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool coincidence. Throw it out there and it's there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, the universe works in crazy, crazy ways. Well, yeah, what else does uh, 
What else do you want to know about me? Does chat have questions? I don't know. I can't see Chad anymore. I just barely brought it. <laughs> I brought it back up right now. Unfortunately, I cannot see Chad. I just barely started reading chat comments because you disappeared for a minute. But, uh, you know, as far as that goes, unless they have some questions or there's some other stuff that you want to cover, I mean, I can always... This is what I do. I can always find something to talk about, but you know, time's precious, and I don't <laughs> want to take up too much of your time. You know, when when I don't know, you may have other things to do or whatever. What do you think? But, what do you think about all this new release of information about UFOs and shit? Uh, checking up on that. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a. I don't know how to feel about that. To be honest with you. There's so much stuff that I've heard about in the last few years that stated that a fake alien encounter would be pushed forward. You know what I mean? So with well, that being said, you know, a release of information where they're saying that they're just uh, in agreement with the aliens to stay in hiding until we're ready or something like that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, I think that's been in place since Eisenhower there. That's when, uh, you know, I think that deal came about there when that whole Somebody just came out with like a new piece of information or something. Again, I've, 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 I've always been a, a proponent that, fuck yeah, there's definitely aliens. There's definitely aliens. Yeah, I would be disappointed to think that anything less, to be honest with you. Flat out, we're the we're the top of the chain, the king of the pole, and we can't even get along with each other. No, come on, man. There's got to be something, <laughs> something smarter, better out there. You know what I mean? And uh, I, so I believe that there's aliens, but the reemergence of it just suddenly now, I don't know. Uh, if they've known, then why now? You Have know you what seen I mean? No, I haven't seen any myself. Have you? Have you been? I don't no? doubt they're out there. No, I don't doubt that they're out there. But you never seen anything? An alien? No. Anything in the sky? Anything? Nothing? Uh, no, I'm, nah, not that I can say 100%. Not that oh, I can goodness. say 100%. But I'm in a good place to look, though. I should be out there more often. We should have another uh, episode because I got some stories, man. I, uh, I've seen some aliens before. Not aliens, but like I've seen some weird shit in the sky with other people to validate it while I was in Arizona and up here. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to hear those stories. Yeah, there's there's a couple, man. Like I'll tell you one of the coolest ones. Um, so... I'm in Arizona, um, 2015, and I'm southeast of Superior in a small fucking little tiny-ass town called Kearney, and Kearney is just like right next to one of the world's largest open-pit mines, copper mines, <clears throat> southeast of Superior, and so... 
I go to set up a grow up there. Um, and I'm with my buddy Fat Cat, Lost Dutchman Gold Mine, or Lost Dutchman Consulting. I, I forgot the name, but yeah, um, <clears throat> we were over there and like we're just hanging out and we're talking and, and my buddy's, you know, kind of introduced me to the place and he's like, you know, you, you might see things up, up here, but we don't really talk about it. We just kind of keep it, you know, hush hush, you know, just see weird things. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? And so, you know, as I'm, you know, moving equipment up there in the greenhouse and all this other stuff, you know, kind of just getting to know the place and hanging out every day. And then, uh, you know, I see these, you know, F-16s that just fly over real fucking loud and out of nowhere so fucking fast. Like, no, like nowhere else you've ever seen. Like, they, they just pop out of nowhere, literally, and they're just like, and then disappear. And you're just like, what the fuck? And it's loud. It's annoying. And so, like, you're just like, okay, whatever. You get used to it. So... You know, we're just, you know, packing up shit, getting ready to leave down the mountain, down the fucking the valley. And uh, we see that same thing. And then so these two F-16 fire jets are just going like this. And then we see this light orb thing blinking all these different colors, like gold, blue, pink, white. And then it's just like flashing. And then so these jets are coming and they shoot missiles at this fucking light orb, dude. And okay, so the fucking clouds open up like a tunnel, okay? A tunnel. They just open up. And this fucking light orb just goes into the fucking tube, into the tunnel, the cloud tunnel. And then the fucking rockets follow and go up. And the jets pass each other and go like this and circle back around. The thing never came back. But the weird part about it was that the feeling that came over me when that UFO got chased away. I felt like that UFO was there to try to tell us something or to try to help us or something like that. It was weird. It was no other feeling I've ever felt in my whole entire life. And me and two other grown men are sitting there and I'm feeling this and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I feel like that whatever they chased away was here to observing us or here to like tell us something or show us something or to help us or something. And then it got chased away. And I was just like, I felt this sadness after I seen it get chased away. I felt this sadness that I've never felt or described any. I've never even really talked about this. Honestly. I felt sad. I was like, why are they chasing it away? What was that? But more, more importantly to me was why were they shooting at it? Like, why were they chasing this? You know, and so I understood that it's a big fucking hole in the ground and they're probably interested in what's going on, but it was just weird how I felt. I was like, what the fuck? So that was just one weird experience. I, I'd like to give you a little feedback on that. And then you were probably right, to be honest with you. <laughs> Excuse me. They were probably here to deliver us into a next phase. But now, now wrap your mind around this. And this again makes me um, skeptical about a release like you're talking about. Again, I'm out there with you. I'm, I am firmly believe they're out there. They're probably present. But so I don't know like what's say. out there. I can see weird shit. <laughs> but, like, now, like, let's, like, let's 
humanity, humanity as in general. The world as we know it is obviously ran by, you know, people don't like to hear that, but there's, you know, a few families that have the money that actually run most of what happens here. You know what I mean? And we don't like to admit that. But now you, have you take the people that are running the government and all that, the power players, the ones that have all their money invested in, you know, fuel and electricity and nuclear shit. They don't, they want us paying. They want us, they want us contributing, giving us their dollars. There's, we know there's been better technologies out there already. There's better ways to do things already. But we're locked into a fossil fuel mess and we're paying with fucking dollars, petrodollars. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're paying. They own us as long as we're locked into that petro system of producing electricity. Once, once aliens come and fucking deliver zero point energy, <laughs> you know what I mean? And all that free way of living and shit. And they no longer can make money off us. Why would they want that? You know, they don't want that. Of course, they're going to chase that off. They're not done breaking us over the coals yet. And they haven't figured out a way to take that technology and make us pay for it yet. They can't make. That's why Edison, you know, uh, Tesla, rather, he saw a lot of this stuff already free electricity and stuff like that. And they, they put him down. They sequestered that shit like crazy. That information's been out there. They just don't want it. They want us to continue to dollars. They want us to work for slaves for the rest of our lives. They don't want us to be here and enjoying our existence. And that's what it would mean. You Talking know, about uh, suppressed technologies. Uh, yeah. You, if you remember like the old days back on YouTube, there used to be a lot of information about how to make like uh, magnetic tumbler generators and harnessing these technologies, but they took them off YouTube. Um, some of them are popping up in smaller uh, experiments, but like the big ones, like the magnetic tumbler generators, like just the way that they made them and, and the people and their videos, like they used to have a lot of cool stuff on YouTube and then it just changed. Cause I went to prison for like four years and I got out and YouTube is completely different, but there used to be a lot more information on how to like, harness your own energy and living off the grid and they kind of limited and just like stuff just disappeared the good stuff that i thought was cool it disappeared but uh it's starting to come back with all these different you know inventions and, and basically just learning how to live good with the earth but harnessing the natural energy from the universe and, and just free energy devices it's coming back it's, it's making decisions yeah it's out there and it has and independence been, you know. and not dependent on their their grid and they're going to suppress that. Like I said, they don't want us to live that freely. You know what I mean? We're trapped in their system. And that's, you know, again, I think that, that's, that's a whole. I think that's what, again, we're on that cusp. You know what I mean? Humanity is on that cusp. That's, again, it don't, I don't doubt at all what you're saying, seeing that, feeling that, feeling a sadness. They were probably here to help us, you, us into a, that next phase. I think over and all, we're, we're ready. We want to be, we're ready for that next phase, but we know the powers that be don't want us. They want us, 
<laughs> working for them. They want us to stuck behind the monetary system. It's we're they're they're the ones not ready to give up their lavish lifestyle to let us all live free and equal and happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I've said that for as long as I've thought about aliens. And the thought of aliens to me. He said, I thought, yeah, they're definitely out there, but they ain't going to fuck around with us. We can't even get along with each other. Why would they want to come here and think that we could, yeah. you know, deal with them on a, uh, like they should be dealt with? You know what I mean? Our first intentions are going to be scary. Oh, they're going to kill us. We won't even know. You know, we'd probably try to hurt them, even though they would probably try to hear to help us. We'd try to hurt more of them before we'd figure that out. Yeah, I think, but I think that cannabis is going to help us obtain food sovereignty and help us get on the right path to where we can be self-sustainable and not so dependent on their on their system, you know. And so they're they're fighting for that power hold right now, and they're trying to force out all the small, you know, small time business, uh, small market, you know, and they're trying to just uh, allow the big players like Amazon and Walmart to continue and thrive while it pushes out all the small businesses, you know? So that's kind of like a scary thing right now where you gotta, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely something out there. Hopefully they're here, like you said, hopefully, hopefully they're here and it will help us get through this next phase. Cause honestly, if they, we, we don't get some kind of help, man. <laughs> I'm sad to say, man. I don't know it, if we can I mean, make it, goes it through. Deep. It does. It goes deep because they're taking all these fer chemical fertilizers, these these byproducts for making bombs and shit like that, and they're using it as fertilizers in the soil. It's just fucking wreaking havoc on the planet, you know. But if if cannabis allows the industry to change the testing and our agricultural crops to be grown better, and and you know uh, everybody starts going towards like regenerative sustainable practices and, and living with the earth and not against it and taking from it then i think that like that will it will it takes the i don't know because it's just it's a control they just want to keep pushing those chemical fertilizers you know it's 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 a way for them to make money so it's it's this whole you've got to get all the people on board to buying and wanting to live that life so cannabis is going to help that in it in so when people from the cannabis industry help influence everybody else in the world just to grow organic foods, they're going to be less dependent on the system. The system, their system, the, the whatever system, they're just going to lose out on all that money. So we're going to be, you know, more dependent, independent versus dependent, which is where everybody needs to go. And it's going to take that control you know, out of their hands. And so I think the world's waking up with these hallucinogens with these, you know, mushrooms and this LSD and, and weed and, and we're, we're on the, like the cusp, like you're saying, of awake, everybody's waking up and I think more people do, you know, things with respect, like mushrooms and LSD and use it as a medicine and all that, and then I think they're gonna, they're gonna obtain, you know, a lot more from it versus just a trip versus just getting high, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna help grow but not only themselves, but everyone around them. Hopefully. Well, I I don't doubt it. It's 
it's really weird that uh, how deep the mycelium network really goes, man. The more I research into like mushrooms, yeah. like I said, it isn't just the psychedelic ones. I mean, it's the whole network itself, how it relates to itself in, in the soil and with That's other plants. You yeah. know, and then we're just basically talking about the fruits of it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? But not, you know, the whole network as whole is a, I've, it's an intelligent network. I think it's almost smarter than us. And, have you seen you know, fungi from Paul Stamets? I haven't. What is it now? Fantastic Fungi. It's a new documentary. It just came out. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. It's from Paul Stamets. Check that out. You know, I like that kind of stuff. It talks about I the really network do. being like the mycelium network was the first internet, you know, that it communicates, you know, uh, like say the big trees, you know, help feed the little trees and they all communicate and help, you know, they work with each other as an ecosystem. I agree. I think there's a lot of truth to that, a whole lot of and truth information, to that. Information travels through that network too. It's interesting. I've seen some studies of the latest when talking about psychedelics and how mycelium network is a very smart for not having a brain they were showing how smart it could be as far as like yeah i've read that book it's a good one yeah really good one. this one's pretty cool and then i like to get into like somatics like vibration and shit like that too <laughs> oh definitely i'm a big proponent of uh frequency uh frequency is another rabbit hole i like to dive down so like music, playing music to your plants, it's just a you know pleasant vibration frequencies and then yeah, resonance. It's I've said for a long time that uh, I think it all boils down to frequency. Frequency is basically everything. You know, it's sound, it's power, you know, it's the key that links everything together. I think, you know, and that's why like I said before, we're just locked on a certain frequency, but if we were able to change our frequency and adapt more to, you know, what's going on in the universe. So taking, hallucinogens, taking hallucinogens changes the frequency, allows us to obtain knowledge from the universe or from aliens or whatever, maybe. Maybe they're trying to send us. Maybe we can communicate. They're saying with hallucinogens, people are communicating with different entities. Okay. When you take salvia, if you watch Hamil uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, he talks about his connection and, and how they connect. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, sorry. You know, it's funny that, well, it's not funny. You ask about aliens. I was watching a thing. I'd have to go back through and look through my history to see exactly what it was. But they were uh, scientists that uh, were dumbfounded by the last few years. They've got it's not the why it wasn't the wow signal that the scientists oh, talked yeah. about and seen. It wasn't that. It's a, a light one. burst. It's a data light okay. burst they keep seeing yeah, from yeah. this one galaxy. And they've and they seen it a couple it. of times. Have they translated it? Because they were basically saying I heard they that still... They, I heard that they... 
They were trying to. I think they were trying to, or they did. And they, they, they like kept it low key after they translated it. The conspiracy is. I could see that. I could so, see that. But yeah, they I think the I just star systems directed right at us, and they, you know, they think they're, you know, it's a data stream that they're shooting at us. They said it was like the light being seen from that galaxy was brighter than one million suns. Like there's something like that. It was almost, you know, unbelievable how bright they were comparing it to. Wow. And they said it was aimed directly right at us. And it was a data light stream, basically. Wow. So it was a bunch of information like embedded yeah, yeah. In, in the light being shot right at us <laughs> trying to decipher it wow and i was eh, that's pretty wild and that, yeah. i think it's possible i really do oh you know what's cool is you take one of those fucking uh high powered fucking lasers you get on wish or online they're they're hard to find to get the actual ones but they shoot like a green laser or a purple laser and that shit fucking um, I seen somebody, uh, I thought about it, talked about it with my lady. I said, I need to get one of those lasers so I can play with it in the fucking sky. Cause I know I'll get some fucking reactions from whatever's out there. And so I, I, I shit you not like a day or two later, I'm on Instagram and, uh, they're here already is like a UFO page on Instagram and motherfucker was playing with that green laser in the sky. And I shit you not, it was one of the most real, real looking videos that I've ever seen of a UFO. And the motherfucking, the realism of it was that that laser reflected off of the bottom of that UFO and refracted the light back down to the person. And then it fucking darted away. I was like, what the fuck? How, how is that? You know, that I just thought about that and then boom, I see a video. A lot of that's been happening lately. Things that I speak about, like they just come on and, you know, come through the technology. Like I see somebody doing it. Just this. another layer of the dimension. What is there? I think they, the other thing I've seen something that said they actually think there's like 13 dimensions, all in all, stacked. Uh, it's pretty crazy when you think about it that things like like you're saying can be simultaneously happening you know we just can't uh tune into it you know and basically like one thing they were saying about that is like <laughs> they were could be basically embedded in the light we're just not capable of seeing them shit more or less with our human eye you know they was it was falling down the the rabbit hole like dark matter you know, what was out in the universe that we can't see or understand. And basically, they were trying to apply it to what could be happening here on Earth, right in our own bubble. You know what I mean? The same yeah. thing, us just not being able to understand the multiple levels that we don't understand in space. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, and I get, and again, I think psychedelics are here to help us, you know, usher us in down these rabbit holes and help us understand a lot of that stuff. I, you know, I, I, our brains can only fathom so much right now. 
And you know what I mean? And I think it, to some extent, what you think, what you saw, or what you think you saw that day with this orb going in, you know, some of that feeling that you felt could have been a connection with the orb. You know, like, like you said, you know, like something good was happening and it was, you know, but it could also have been, you know what I mean? Just the reality of it all happening and you just not being able to process you know your brain's got to do something you know yeah in, in return there so that so feeling could have just he been like me, eh. he showed me on his cell phone it was a flip phone old flip phone that had a video camera and he flipped it open right after that happened and he said bro i got that on camera but it happened a while ago and he's like let me show you and i was like okay I didn't even question it. He opened the phone, found it, showed me his old pixelated fucking video of the exact same light orb being chased away. I was like, what the fuck, man? This is weird. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this happens a lot. People don't talk about it because it just happens. They're normal. It, they're used to it. They don't talk about it. They don't want that attention, they said. I can see that, you know. And then people were doing Katie stuff up there already, like moonshine and all that. So <laughs> very good, very good. But, but again, yeah. you know what I mean? I can see that, you know what I mean? You yeah. when you're saying something like that, I, I was actually thinking about that, you know, as we we're talking right now. I'm like, and I don't care. I believe what I believe, you know what I mean? But to somebody that uh, has seen something like that and is worried, you know, that's that's a very much could be attack on character. You know what I mean? Oh, you're crazy. You don't know what the fuck. Well, you know what the fuck you see. I don't you know, know what, what I, I mean? see. I've just seen somebody else that don't want to believe it. Don't mean it ain't there. <laughs> I don't know if it was alien or if it was government. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. I don't know. But I just seen it. It was weird. It felt weird. It looked weird. Um, I've seen a couple weird things. I've seen the lights in the sky, the Phoenix lights, the triangle, the three fucking orange lights. But I seen two of them traveling and it was me on a prison yard with one of the biggest fucking white dudes, you know, on the yard. And, we, you know, we're just looking off in the fucking darkness and we see these lights just go and then just slowly fade away. Like I've seen all kinds of weird things that other people have seen. But I think... Every time I've seen something weird like that, I've been with somebody else that can validate that story, you know? So I, I don't feel crazy because I used to ask myself, I'm like, what the fuck did I just see? Am I crazy? But I was like, I'd ask my homie, I'm like, did you see that? And I wouldn't describe anything. And then he described it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm like, bro, I just seen the same thing. What the fuck? <laughs> what do we see? And then another incident was when I was in, it was Arizona. It was above Scottsdale. It was a clear orb, and I was in the Santan Mall, I think, or the uh, Vista Mall, right there off of uh, Dobson and 60 in Mesa. And so we're all just in the mall, and, and this clear orb's just floating in the sky, and then the clouds are just going past it. And it's just staying in one position and moving very slowly against the clouds. And then it just changes directions over, like 
the course of an hour and a half, me and my buddy are, are standing there watching it. And this old lady comes to watch it with us. And then like, I'm, I'm just waiting for my dad to come pick me up. And I'm just like, what the fuck is in the sky? You know, it's, it's a clear orb. We can see the light reflecting on it. Clouds are moving past it. It's going against the clouds. It's going up now in a different direction. And then I was like, you know what, dude? I bet you when we get home or when we get in the car, we're going to hear something about this on the radio. And so we try to get, you know, my dad's car and turn on the radio. Well, shit don't work. So I'm like, fucker. I go home and, and I shit you not after I tell my dad this. We turn on the fucking radio first thing when I get inside. And I just don't even have to change the channel or nothing. It's boom. They're talking about this fucking clear orb floating over Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'm just like, for real? <laughs> and they're like, you know, it's just a weather balloon and all this shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look up a weather balloon. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen a weather balloon, but that wasn't a weather balloon. It wasn't a balloon. It was a fucking clear orb that was ginormous and the light was reflecting off of it. I don't know what the fuck it was. But yeah, I've seen some weird shit. <laughs> and other people seen it too. So, yeah. So you meant to be seeing it i guess that's for sure <laughs> and then when the show ancient aliens came out i was like what the fuck because i started seeing things on there that i've seen before and i'm like ah that's not cool what the hell is this i was like this is this is way too weird i was like what are they seeing they're seeing the same thing what is it now like i want to know more and that's why that show got me on a trip i was like man that's cool they made a show about this stuff <laughs> And then Action Bronson's doing commentary while getting high and smoking dabs with all these cool, you know, people that I looked up to and, and watch and listen to as far as like artists. And so they're doing like commentary, getting high, watching Ancient Aliens. I'm like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love some Ancient Aliens. I do. I was watching it just yesterday. Yeah. I always... I always like to play along to it. I think it. I think it's Maddie, the same guy that does the fucking. Uh, no, it's not oh, yeah. Maddie. The same guy that voices over the uh, Oak Island. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, like, yeah. Curse of Oak, I, or whatever. I, I, I love the the always the question. You know, does this really happen? Ancient astronauts, you know, say. I'm like, they always say yes. They always say yes. Why do you always ask yeah, yeah. questions? <laughs> it's always yes. It's always connected to aliens. It's just this fucking <laughs> ancient aliens. Of hey, course it's connected to They got a lot of cool shit and a lot of information. But like, like I think um, Alex Jones would put a twist and a spin on it that would make it seem silly or stupid. Or unbelievable so like there's a lot of factual stuff that they release like information but then they add their theories ancient astronaut theories and all these you know it just makes it seem silly sometimes but it's very cool to watch i gotta say because i remember growing up on like behold the pale horse and like the real uh leaked information you know books and, and uh the people that leaked information that got assassinated i really paid attention to all those kind of guys on youtube and read a lot of books oh i fucking like lost legacy rediscovering the forgotten like uh I, like alex jones a lot of that stuff or, um like um chariots of the gods all those books those are cool as fuck oh yeah 
I used to, I, you know, started listening to Alex Jones a long, long time ago. And, uh, yeah. you know, it was back one of them things too. It was like, I like the, I like conspiracies. Okay. I, I like to entertain conspiracies, smoke one and fucking just entertain it. Just let it play out. You know, like just weigh it. You know what I mean? Just, just entertain it, whatever it is for a minute, you know, let my mind, you know, debate whether or not if I'm going to believe it or not. But Alex yeah. Jones was one of them things that uh, he threw out some crazy shit. But if you were paying attention long enough, some of the shit that he, you would sit there and go, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way this is true. And then if you were like a long time listener, fucking year or two down the road, all that crazy shit that he said, you'd see in the news. You'd be like, holy shit, that fucker was telling the truth, which made me dive in the rabbit hole a little deeper there. They tried that dude. Okay, so when Alex Jones was like really first putting out good material was when he put out Obama's deception uh, and then his it was like right around when Zeitgeist and Zeitgeist to Denim came out. And then there was um, his, his Obama's deception. And then there's the, um, the martial law. And then he had a whole series of like badass fucking videos and things that were coming out. And then he was coming out with all this, like, you know, uh, survival gear and all that stuff. But at the same time, he was partnered up with Jesse Ventura, Jesse Ventura, had a television show called uh, Conspiracy Theory. Um, and so they shut that down after he started knocking on the wrong doors and uh, on television. So they, they wrapped that show up. And, and, and so I was even more fascinated that they're trying to shut these people up. And then here we are with Ancient Aliens, like filling in all the gaps that that show was talking about, you know? And I was like, how ironic. They couldn't even stop it. This information is bound to get out. It was all part of history, like them just looking at like, you know, the the petroglyphs, geoglyphs, and all the different things, and seeing all these weird space alien looking shit on the, you know, and then starting to connect the dots and digging deeper. And I was like, holy shit, they're going down the right hole. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with diving deep into a rabbit hole. That's for sure, man. <laughs> I like to. Ancient aliens, that's usually one of my go-tos for, like, trimming. You know, I'll, I'll just pull up a season and just let it roll <laughs> while I'm smoking along and trimming and shit, just watching a whole <laughs> day of ancient aliens and shit. That's what Man, it was, too, the other day, too. <laughs> Trying to fucking plan out in front of the TV and shit, fucking load up some ancient aliens or uh, sometimes I can I like Oak Island too. Uh, fucking sometimes we'll catch up on like a couple of weeks of fucking Oak Island while I'm trimming and shit too. <laughs> oh, you know that Oak Island man? That's a top pocket find. He's always like, yeah. but that show's so drawn <laughs> out. It's so drawn out. It's like, oh man, come on, hurry up. <laughs> I, I don't have the attention span to watch it. Oh, I know it. It's getting pretty good this season, man. They've connected a lot of like crazy I think they dots. It to be like this, 
Oh, for like, sure. We're just going to release tidbits and we're going to stretch it out hella far. I can't help but think it's already like a done deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. We're already like two years behind. Yeah. The reason I think about that is because they're like, now they've got them on like digging deeper and shit where well, they're already like ago. chasing other golds and shit. It's like, you know, they ain't done with Oak Island unless that's it's done. You know what I mean? They wouldn't hold. They ain't chasing other treasures yet. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm one of them people that I'm like pretty focused, you know, if I were to like have millions and millions and fucking 15 years of my life fucking digging in a hole, I'm not going <laughs> to stop digging in that fucking hole to go fucking chase some fucking Confederate treasure for a weekend. No, I'm fucking vested. I'm digging in that fucking hole. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, like, I was thinking that it was just another gold rush show that they had to create because everybody was getting bored of the gold rush shows. <laughs> but then oh, i started yeah. watching it while i was in prison i was like oh this is kind of cool <laughs> i got hooked Fuckers. they do play it out though they do fucking play that one thing out could it be that this thing is the one thing that unlocks it all you won't find yeah. out until next week yeah <laughs> yeah one of those. Yeah. It's good TV, though. Especially when you're trimming. Yeah, I watched the other one about D.B. Cooper the other day. They fucking, it's funny how they fucking could beat some of that shit out still. Oh, yeah. There was uh, another show on uh, History Channel. They did it the same same way. It was a uh, I forget, another guy that was announcing it. But they, were do, they do it all in the same format and i was laughing because they were talking about db cooper and they were talking about a piece of his parachute or that they found they thought they may have they just found a piece of fucking material and like before the commercial they're like is this the link that could connect db cooper you know like so like the guy on the tv show says that then the narrator is repeating it. It could be. This is the one object that could unlock this case. And I'm like, is he just repeating every intense fact that the guy on the show is revealing? And that's what he was <laughs> doing. Every day he was just like backup singing everything that was going on, but in like an intense voice. I'm like, this is too funny. Yeah. They make it dramatic and then they leave you in suspense, all that. They keep you, they keep you hooked. Hook, line, and seat. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. Reality TV is nature's best note pointing out in chat that they did fuck up TV in general. Yeah. Reality. They just, it, they scripted it, is what they did. And what's ruined it. Actually missed the old flat out sitcom shows type show. Yeah. Sometimes I didn't like. I guess my era, I didn't really grow up watching TV a whole lot. I was uh, I was outside a lot, doing a lot of stuff, <laughs> outdoors, camping, and all that stuff. Just riding my bike. Uh, but 
when I got uh, locked up and stuff, I watched them on TV and I got into this, you know, sitcom series and, and different shows. Like uh, <laughs> I watched Archer and then I watched, um, uh, man, I watched a bunch of different shows. It started watching TV. I was like, oh, this is cool. But yeah, when you're in prison for a few years, you kind of just got to find other stuff to do, like watch TV and <laughs> educate and work out. Right. Can't grow right. weed. <laughs> somebody, somebody somewhere is probably working on it, though. Oh, I had with seeds. LEDs. I had seeds in prison. I was thinking about it. Yeah. I wanted to. I want to be the first guy to get caught growing weed in prison. That'd be tight. I was uh, walking by the TV today and they were watching that one cat. I can't remember what he did, but he actually blazed up in court there. He was charged with possession of marijuana. <laughs> right? He's right there in court. And he basically was like, I'm in trouble yep. for it. And he fired it up. It's my legal right. It's medicine. And yeah. That is fucking hilarious. It takes balls. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, though. All right. Uh. The real world was the beginning of the end. Yeah. The real world. Blame MTV Real World. <laughs> Uh, MTV has went down such a shitty fucking road. Sad to see it. Hmm. It was the coolest thing ever to as it unfolded. Oh, wow. As a what? Uh, as it unfolded there, MTV, it was the greatest oh, yeah. thing ever. And to watch it, you know, sink like a yeah. rock. Into game shows and reality TV, it was sad. Yeah, we so all witnessed sad. that. <laughs> hey, I don't think BET is even playing music anymore. No, I don't think they have one fucking... park anymore. That sucks. Weird. You... It's weird. <laughs> There's no like music. artists playing music like they used to. Are they even still making videos anymore? Is that even a thing? If they ain't even a head fucking MTV or nothing, why are they making videos? Are they? I know head artists are creating content, so that way they're just creating and creating during this whole downtime, like comedians, and then they're just holding on to it, and then when the world opens up, they'll just have a shitload ready to know. Maybe. So the artists that I know are just releasing little tidbits here and there to keep everybody, you know, happy. And, and then when, you know, the world opens back up, you can have events, concerts. They're just going to start, boom, throwing it all out there again. That's just what I think. Headbangers ball was the shit. Fucking yeah. Back in the day. Ozfest. Good times, man. <laughs> Good, good times. I'm going to take a quick dab of this garlic punch. This Love this shit, man. <laughs> That's cool. Pretty good stuff there. Ooh. 
Yeah, I watched a lot of uh, Jackass, uh, Team Sanchez, CKY, uh, Wild Boys. I watched a lot of those shows when I did watch television. But other than that, I watched the videos. And then I was outside riding bikes or skateboarding or building ramps or tree forts or stealing shit and trying to sell it for weed. <laughs> I used to build some ramps myself. I, was I actually got heavy. kicked out of a, I got my dad kicked out of a fucking apartment complex. Well, almost kicked out. I had to go. He stayed. I did that a lot. They were, uh, the apartment complex there, I was talking about it the other day. It was kind of funny because I was telling the story about this one apartment complex I lived in. And a big guy, big jar Gross actually knew where I was fucking talking about. He recognized, uh, like, the van I was talking about, the Thunder van. He's like, I think <laughs> I know where you're talking about. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. And it was, too. It was exactly where I was talking about. But this apartment complex was like adding on to, uh, they were like putting up some new buildings. And me and my buddies would go over and fucking right before sunup would pilfer that fucking uh, lumber pile. <laughs> Seats of plywood, everything. We, we had a fucking big old fucking half pipe built in the woods. And they fucking follow the trail, you know what I mean? They end up yeah. following the trail and finding all their fucking lumber. All of us out huh. there fucking working away, huh. and uh, yeah, it ended up you know parking the complex to avoid you know charges and trouble and shit. Told my dad either y'all gotta go or he's gotta go, <laughs> and yeah, I ended up having to go for a while. Yeah. Visit mom, visit mom for a while, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I always Crazy made bombs days. and threw rocks, and I was a little hellion kid. I'd get in trouble for all kinds of shit, man. I'd light fields on fire, and I'd do all kinds of fucked up shit when I was younger. I got my mom and my dad kicked out of apartments a couple times. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. <laughs> Chad Westport says he totally stole wood to build ramps too. I was building ramps and tree forts. <laughs> Good times right there, man. And hey, we hey, were fucking me. taking some acid back then, man. <laughs> A lot of acid back then. <laughs> I was hanging out with a lot of people taking acid at drum circles in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, Liberty Park. <laughs> I was like five to 10 years old going there. And like everybody was tripping on mushrooms and head banging the metal and, you know, hippie music and stuff. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was, uh, I so had to run into this uh, just super hot hippie blonde head hippie chick that loved acid and acid all the time and uh yeah she took me down a pretty crazy road <laughs> she took me down a crazy road for a little while crazy chick though good times good times yeah i didn't start doing 
hallucinogens till like maybe 17. Yeah, 17. Smoke weed at a young age, huh? <laughs> I just had like a healthy respect. I was like, man, I gotta be careful. I don't know what I'm doing. Man. I, gotta get, I gotta get educated before I take this substance. <laughs> I, you know, for me, it wasn't so much that. It was more the, you want to have fun? Want to have fun? <laughs> yes, I want to have fun. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Good time, man. Uh, I would do it all again. There's some things I question if I would do again, but there's a lot of things I would do over again in heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Lessons learned. It's always that thing. If, if I if I knew back then what I know now, you know, I can you can make a lot of money. You can be really successful. You can not make those dumb mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd give. Again, uh, money would be something separate. I, I definitely would make a lot of mistakes, but I don't know. Mistakes make us who we are, man. That's for sure. If we're doing it right, we get up and we, you know, dust ourselves off and put ourselves in check, and we we'll learn from it, and move forward. Yeah. I just think that you know, if there's anybody out there. It isn't in the growing or, or anything or just scared to like just jump into it. I'm sorry, I, I just did that. I, I just I just had to do it. Just gotta break through it to do it. But I don't know, I just I hope that uh sorry I'm reading chat at the same time. I hope that you know somebody out there is going to be influenced to grow weed if i can help do that that'd be awesome. right on. i encourage everybody to it's just there's so many pluses for it for one <clears throat> the more people that go out there and grow it is the less chance that uh they'll be able to put it back in the bag for one for two there's just a whole different part of you that comes out once you get that first grow off it's a whole new respect for the plan it's when you really start you know i think that first round almost when the organic shit starts coming out even if you continue to use salts you're more concerned about what's going into it how you can grow it make it better it, it, it that first round that gratification just makes you dig deeper into yourself, makes you want to start learning. And then, you know, there's uh, always the healing aspect of just being in the garden. You know, that's, we didn't even talk about that. Just being in the garden in itself. It is, it's that's probably that's healing right there. The best med yeah, one of the best part of the best medical benefits of the plant is just being in there with it. And, you know, it relieves anxiety just itself to spend time in that space. Healing in the garden. You <laughs> talked about it being a bioremediator for the soil and everything. 
but I think it works in the same way with us, man. I think just being around the planet, it sucks the the negative energies out of us, pulls it out of the earth. You know, it's it's the transformation is incredible. And it's so, you know gardening and being in that room is one aspect of it too. But I mean, think about the endorph endorphins and then things that are popping off in us right now, the good emotions and stuff, just having this conversation. No cannabis yeah, yeah. being consumed at the moment, but the, you know, the good, the, just the goodwill coming out of being able to have the conversation openly with somebody. <laughs> I've, I've had that feeling many times, man, bumped into somebody randomly at a store, talked about their garden or whatever and we'll walk away with the spring in your step and I, I was so glad to run into them you made you a great I mean? connection too you know yeah that smile is a healing in itself you know but, what i mean it's but to add on add on to what i was saying a little bit earlier was you know if if there's anybody out there that hasn't tried growing or hasn't tried hallucinogens or hasn't like stepped out of their comfort zone you know, I've, I've lived, you know, many lives, I feel like, um, in this lifetime, through all the experiences, if there's anybody out there that hasn't ventured out of their comfort zone, they'll go experience new things like cannabis, like kayaking, like going out and just anything, not just drugs, just get out there and try new things. Um, that's, that's the spice to life is just getting out and trying new things. Because, you know, through all the stuff that I've been through, I just hope that Whatever I'm talking about, I hope that it helps somebody break out of their shell and, and want to start growing weed or want to, you know, uh, go do uh, mushrooms to heal their PTSD or to go, you know, just whatever, just go venture into new avenues. I hope that, you know, just me getting on here is having some type of effect somewhere. You know, I just, I, that's the whole point of me getting on here and going down the rabbit hole with the brother is just so I can, you know, try to help other people you just by talking about what we talk about you know this is stuff that i talk about with my friends on a daily you know so it's great to get on here and talk with you and, and you know speak with like-minded brothers and sisters and, and, you know to feel that connection you know in that community and i just hope that by what we're doing right here you know it just influences people to to break out to do more experience more and that way you feel more fulfilled in life i feel like i've made I've, I've lived at least three different lifetimes through the hell and all the cool things and all the crazy shit that I've been through, you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, go through a hundred failures. Like we were saying back earlier, I'm reverting back to all the different subjects. I'm tying back everything. So, we, you know, we can um, continue on, but like, we just want to use all of our experience and learn from it. You know, if it's a hundred different times we failed going, we, you know, for, you know, just get out there and you have to, you have to try things and fail, you know, in order to, you know, to, to learn and grow and, and enjoy life. So I just hope that, you know, somebody out there is, is you know, using what we have to say and it opens them up to a new world or new things, you know, that's the whole point of this, I guess, for me, it helps me seeing other people do good. I agree. I agree. You know, I like the thing that you said earlier about the uh, material things. You know, it's very true. You can't take none of that shit with you. But, you know, what you can do, the work you can do right now, 
deep in your soul, you know, that you can take with you. Best and I've said that well. to a, a few people, you know, especially at my, my age, you know, it, if you're not doing something that you find fulfilling, you are fucking wasting your time at this point. Because like you said, you can't take almost none of that shit with you. But when you're feeding your soul, your soul is the next thing and the only mm -hmm. thing you can take with you. And you better make sure that thing is just as big and very boss as possible. You know, feed your soul, do things best, that matter. Yeah, invest in spiritual wealth is what all the old cats used to tell me. They're like, you know, all this material shit, it comes and goes, man. You're not going to leave this earth with not even your own physical vessel, your body. You said the only thing you're going to leave with, all my grandparents, my nana, everybody used to tell me, the only thing you're going to leave with is is what's inside of here and in here, you know? It's who you are, the way you walk, the way you carry yourself, the way you help people, you know, everything, you know, that's that's what you leave with, the knowledge, everything that you've been through. So it's worth it to get out there and, and fail a hundred times. It, you know, you feel like you're, you're struggling in life and your job sucks and all this shit. You know, I, I've had to quit and just up and leave just so I keep my mental sanity and just restart, you know. And I've, I've been used to that because of my environment. I had military parents and my, my parents were drug addicts. So we moved around and I got transitioned in different households and different places. So I had to start over. I had to learn that from a young age, start over a lot of different you know, times in my life. So going to prison, starting over, you know, getting out, starting over, you know, it's, it's all, you got to adapt and overcome. And, you know, the things that you go through, don't let that dictate, you know, how you feel and, and don't let the PTSD get the best of you. You know, that's how I always felt because when I had PTSD, I, I just felt like, I just felt like I was weak. You know, I was like, how could I let this emotion overcome me and make me jittery and nervous and all that shit. I felt, I felt like less of a man when I had anxiety and, and, and you know, PTSD. So I, I, that was just me personally, you know? So I was like, I got to work through these things so I feel better, you know? Cause I don't, I, that's not me, you know, but I just hope that like people break out of their shell and, and go try new things and, and so it helps them heal, you know, and break out. If you get what I'm saying, I do. I do get what you're saying there. That uh, <clears throat> that lockup is terrifying. That uh, not not feeling like you can, or you know what I mean, feeling like you can't. It's horrifying. It's the worst feeling in the world, and it could be very crippling. Just thinking that you can't do something, or just lock being locked up I know that's another thing too you know I had never even experienced any kind of anxiety like that until later this these late years this last year or so I've had a few good really lock up moments and I didn't I didn't really understand this it's a seriousness of anxiety until it tell my daughter the first time and then I experienced a little bit in my life and I was like this shit is real and it is crippling um, it would affect my breathing and the way I, I couldn't even talk I couldn't even get words out correctly it was weird I felt so different I was like how could this affect me if something happened to me I need to fix this you know there's something wrong and I need to heal this I need to work through this and uh 
Yeah, it can be very crippling. I had actually listened to it's a five second rule. I forget her last name. It's Mel something. I'm embarrassed to that I don't remember it right now. But she heard five second. It's like basically a five second rule. She says basically by counting backwards, you're working against your mind, kind of clearing it long enough. Round you yourself. Go. Yeah. Right. And Round it, yourself. Yeah. Take a deep breath. And it does. Realize, Works. you know, yourself. Yeah. You know, and it works. You know, I find myself when I get like that, where I get locked up, and I tell myself, you know, I start thinking. For me, it's like I get thinking about being behind. It's that's my biggest phobia, and I start thinking of like all the projects I have before me. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that, and it's just it starts to become like a weird whirlwind. You know what I mean? Of like shit I need to do. And I'll get locked up in like what what comes first? A matter of importance. Which one should I do first? And I'll sit there and I'll get locked up and then I'll feel like overwhelmed about mm-hmm. the to-do list. And then I think about that five second rule and I count back, you know, five, four, three, two, one. And it sounds stupid as fuck, but it does give you that incense. And when I get done, I just I'm like, I tell myself, just do something. <laughs> and, you know, after I t- start taking a couple of steps and, and I do whatever comes first, you know, I don't even think about it. That's just, that's the priority. Just go with it. It helps out, man. Just getting yourself locked out of that lock, you know, even doing that first thing has broken the cycle. You know what I mean? Gotten you out of the lock. So, yeah, it's, it helped me in a lot of ways with that shit. Just, it's tough too, man. When you get locked up like that, it's, I never even, I did too. I, you know, I'm a little bit older and I didn't grow up around anxiety. You know what I mean? Yeah. As I seen it with my kids and them talking about it with kids, I just thought, I I thought it was like whatever. Like, I didn't think it existed. And then, like, when it happened to me, I was blown away. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I, I, I had to rethink everything. I was like, so everybody was talking. Like, I used to think that, like, migraines were kind of made up because I never got them. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things. I was just like, I never experienced. I didn't know what people were talking about until it happened to me. And then I was like, whoa. Yeah, I I was right there with you. I just thought it was like something that we were almost not doing correctly as parents. It was just something, you know, in the younger generation. But is it when it happened to me, it happened to my daughter, man, I realized that's just for, for real. I honestly think a lot of that, you know, it's again, it's just living and learning. Is uh, you ever watch that uh, show that's a new documentary on about uh, earthing? Have you watched that one yet? About what? It's a. It's called earthing. A process called earthing. Uh huh. Well, it sounds like from what we've talked about so far, you'd be on board with this as well. It, but but what, basically, what earthing talks about is uh, it. They're saying it could be the source of a lot of our newfound anxiety. 
you know, uh, all this shit that we're putting in the air, the frequencies that we never grew up around. Me and you didn't grow up around cell phones, Wi-Fi, and all that. All that shit's putting out a different frequency into the air. Last, yeah. like a couple nights ago, I was tripping on LSD, and I said the vibration, the, the scurrying of all the cars moving and people moving around and all the electronics and all the vibration is too much for me. And when I live in the city, it affects me. Because when I leave into the woods, I feel better. And I even noticed that, you know, it's the vibration, like you're saying. All right. Now, wait, this little click, you should watch this thing. So basically, what they're saying is, you know, and I, I never even thought about that aspect of it. But you're right. You know, sound is a vibration and it puts out a frequency, both okay. which we could pick so on. In the morning, it's real quiet and you can hear sounds all the way across your house and all the way across the street. Okay. When everybody starts waking up and the vibration of the earth increases, you can't hear things as clear. I don't know if anybody else notices this, but when in the morning and at night, it's real quiet and you can hear things a lot better because the vibration isn't as intense on the earth, on the surface. You get what I'm saying? It's quiet. You can hear things better. There's less vibration, less cars moving around, less people walking, less electronics on, you know? So again, uh, what they're saying <laughs> here is about this earthing is that a lot of this anxiety and shit that we're feeling, a lot of our problems today are based from these things, the frequencies from the Wi-Fi, the cell phone, the radio yeah. signals, the TV signals, yeah. all that shit. And what they're basically saying in this documentary is like, we're, we're an antenna, basically. And we're picking up on all these frequencies and we're like a battery. So basically we should run on our own frequency that we're pre-programmed to have. And we're no different than an electrical instrument that we plug in, you know, with our TV has to be grounded. You're, uh, you know, everything electrical has to be grounded. Do you know what I mean? And that basically what they're saying is we're not grounded anymore. You know, we walk around with rubber-soled shoes. Our yeah. houses are elevated. I was so watching we're never, yeah. we're never grounding ourselves and releasing the charge that we're picking up all day. So they're yeah. saying basically, you know, by wearing these shoes and never grounding ourselves, we're just absorbing all the time and it's causing anxiety. It's causing, you know, inflame, inflammation which is one of our biggest causes of disease. Uh, but, but basically what they're saying is they found out a lot of uh, scientific study by just walking out, putting your feet into the dirt, you know, yeah. 15 minutes a day, your body is naturally, it's your natural grounding rod. You're releasing all that energy you picked up through the day and we're basically going back to reset what you should be. And then, yeah. So they're telling you 15 minutes a day. They even went as far as uh, the one gentleman who kind of come up with the theory was sleeping on uh, tape, aluminum tape that he had run a ground wire out to and fucking sank it into the ground and was sleeping on a grounded sheet. And he said 
the difference in that was night and day. From did you live in an India. area where there's a lot of lightning? <laughs> well, it, it, it was, you know, it's very intriguing, you know. So if you get a okay. chance, it's on YouTube and it's called Earthing. But there's a lot of science into it, you know. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm on there. I can see it, you know. Yeah. A lot of this sickness, especially now that we're pushing our way into this 5G that we know is going to be toxic for our bodies. You know, I'm another thing why it hit so hard with me is um, I worked around cell towers for yeah. a year. And that year of my life was brutal. You know, I was working at eight hour days at the base of these towers. And it felt like I was working double time. And I was uh, just things I was normally doing. And, you know, I'd get home from work and have a normal day. When I was working at the cell phone towers, I, I was totally exhausted. I couldn't do nothing. You know, same same MO, but at the base of a tower, physically exhausted, headaches. And it wasn't just me. It was the, everybody that worked with me on that crew. Well, as soon as we stopped working around them cell phone towers, the fatigue, the headaches, all stopped. And what I found, I found a lot of shit when I researched that shit. I mean, even the guys that work on the towers can only be around them towers two hours a day. And they have to be vigorously logged on how much time they spend around them fucking things. There's a now, log? Might, there's a log that they have to keep in at the base of every tower. They have to sign in and say how long they've been there and they can't be there over two hours. I can somebody else with they go up and work on something and they've reached that two hour limit. They're supposed to come down and somebody else is supposed to come up. They install take over these, the project. They install these towers by like daycare centers and schools and all that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like the power lines, you know, how they emit, you know emit energy and cause cancer so they can't build homes like too close to the power lines but they do anyways <laughs> i was telling them about the other night about we got kind of down this like little bit of rabbit hole here but uh a lot of people don't realize the smart meters are terrible as well they're putting out a high frequency that give out headaches and cause sickness because they can actually, a power company can hit you right now. Touch of a button, shut you down. Chick click. That's it. That's all they need to do. Oh, yeah. Hit that satellite. So you're, you have power. Your smart meter is constantly reaching a satellite. It's putting out a signal so strong that it reaches a satellite. <laughs> yeah, and it makes a lot of people sick. It's, you know, it's almost 100 times stronger than your Wi-Fi. In which we know is no good to be sitting next to or whatever. But yeah, they've found a lot of studies that people like say their dining room table was on the opposite side of the from a meter. Same thing, sickness, headaches, you know, things are terrible. They're, yeah. they're pushing to put them on every house. You can fight it though. You can actually go to your company and tell them you don't want one. They used to give you a big spiel, but you'll have to sign a paper. Huh? To keep your old meter. No, just to keep your old meter. 
keep oh. get from getting that smart meter. Oh, huh. Yeah, we got the 5G little modem in our household. That shit's terrible. That density of the frequency that they're using for the 5G is just terrible. It doesn't go that far. It doesn't necessarily even penetrate through walls that well. But if you're close enough to where you can get a clear signal on it, yeah, it's super fast. Almost another thing I've got to want to throw out there on the 5G is, you know, as, as it is right now, they can triangulate, can triangulate you pretty accurately from where, how your cell phone bounces off towers and Wi-Fi. Now, it's going to get even worse when you have a 5G tower or antenna, like on every building. If you're in the building or around the building, they're going to be able to pinpoint you on that cell phone just like crazy. So it's going to be a part of the permanent tracking too. Oh, crazy days, man. If you're, if you're going down that rabbit hole, man, that's, that's crazy stuff. Man. Technology. Whole AI. Yeah. Scary stuff. That's another thing, too, man. It's another thing between what's going on right now and humanity, you know, the cusp of that AI, and you now you throw on, or not just you, they're throwing in, you know, the alien mix on top of it. You know, crazy days, man. Crazy fucking days. It's like, choose your rabbit hole and go, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Still got 62 people watching. Is that what it says? Yes, yeah, 62 still 62 watching right now. Some devoted, devoted uh, viewers, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you uh, start hanging out, man. It's a great community, man. There's this is a great community. Great people that watch, hang out most of the time, night after night. And, you know, before I, you know, this is part of the, the ending anyway, but now that this is the ending. But now that you've done this, that uh, you have to do this end of it, the spotlight before you can, the zoom number is always the same. So anytime like the show comes on and you see like the rabbit hole, it's open oh. to past guests and the oh. number is always the same. So if you ever want to pop on yeah, any rabbit hole, you have, you have the numbers. Come on, jump on, talk about whatever you want to talk about, whatever we're talking about. It's a open invite for the rabbit hole. And it's any yeah. any past guest can come on. Like last night, well, we had nine people on. Sometimes we have like four. We've had up to like what, three, four countries on at once. UK, yeah. Green 13 representing the UK. We had uh Rastabob coming in from Jamaica. We had Boom Farms up in Canada. We had all kinds of people from here, from the United States. That makes for a pretty decent morning when you yeah. <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, I like waking bacon with uh, people across the nation and across the globe. That that's one thing that I really enjoyed when uh, when that started opening up the the apps like Skype and shit like that. Stick Am was one of the first ones. Stick Am, but they shut down and. You can just video chat with anybody across the globe. That was pretty tight. Wake and bake. 
but yeah, man, I'll uh, definitely have to come on a few more times. This is pretty cool. This is the first time I've done a live stream off of YouTube and Zoom. I'm not really big into technology. I'm just barely getting into it just because of the business aspect of marketing and getting on and, and just doing this for fun too. Right on. It's a good way to, to learn how to like you learn said, man, you networker. Yeah. It's a good tool. It's a good tool. Ooh. Well, I'm getting tired. I think I'll call it a night. No worries, man. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, hold on one second before you go, because uh, I do have the computer up and running, and I want to oh, yeah. get uh, my sound bite from you. Should only take a second to log in here. It's a bummer too. I'm hoping that PC comes back. If there's if there's any kind of force source, I I, I don't like to call God whatever. It's it's source anymore. Uh, if there's any kind of source out there, that uh, pavilion will come back with uh, all my stuff on it. As it broke down, I was like, oh yeah. Then when it left, I was like, holy shit, I've got like a couple hundred shows, thousands of hours of fucking shit on there and all my sound bites oh, yeah. <laughs> could possibly <laughs> be gone now. But uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. there's a will, there's a way that that thing will come back with all the content still on it. All right, now I'm back on the computer here You can quite see me but that don't matter i can still record what i'm lo what i'm looking for here is uh the sound bite so what i use the sound bite for hold on. okay that was awkward good fix <laughs> okay what i use the sound bite for is basically i string them together at some point hopefully i'll still be able to string them together uh, as a thank you, you know, how many people been on this, but I like to post them up to as like an advertisement for the show. So if you could give me basically what I'm looking for is, you know, Hey, this is Carl chronic and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle episode 262. You can yeah. add, subtract, do whatever you want with it, but, uh, please put it in your own words. I'm ready. Whatever you are. Okay. Uh, hmm. I've never had to do anything like this. That's cool. <laughs> 262, is that what you said? or 262. Okay. And how, how do you usually, how do people usually do it? Usually say, it's something know. like this, yeah. Hey, this is Eagle Gardens, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 262. Okay. Yeah. Just that, right? No, you can you can do as much or little. You can make it make it your own. You know what I mean? Put it in your words. You can right. add, subtract, whatever you want to do with it. This is this is your bite. All right, cool. I guess I'm ready. Run with it. All right. This is King Chronic, Botanical Biotech LLC. I'm here on Eagle Gardens. Episode 260, 260, oh, let's do that again. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm on the spot. All right, this is King Chronic on Eagle Gardens, episode 262. One love. Yeah, thank you, my friend. 
I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time to hang out tonight. And uh, I'm bad when I put on the spot. <laughs> no, we, actually, some of the best sound bites have been them once. Like even Danny Danko, who will be back on the show in the next week or so, uh, he did it like five times, four or five <laughs> times. Mila Jensen, the hash queen. Did it a couple of times, but laid down one of the best sound bites. But some of the great ones have came the first time they've come within the first couple. So don't worry, man. It's, it is what it is. And I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Hopefully, you will start came, coming on a little bit more, hanging out and chat. I'm sure a lot of people that watch tonight will be linking up with you on Instagram, giving you a follow. That's the way they do, man. They're great people here. Once we've had a chance to meet somebody and spend some time with them, the uh, light minds usually tell them to follow suit. So I'm sure you'll see some follows, some hey mans, uh, enjoy the programs, all that good stuff. But moreover, please make yourself a part of the community, man. We're always looking for great folks. And obviously, we found another great one tonight. We'd, we'd love to have you a part of things. So. I appreciate you guys uh, letting me come on, or you letting me come on and, and chat for, uh, you know, supporting me and coming on. And, and uh, if there's anything I can help anybody with that, just reach out, you know. Um, I'm not too big, you know. I, I, I love to help anybody. So with that, I guess uh, I'll call her a night. I'd love to uh, be on again and look forward to everybody reaching out. Right on. Well, keep that Zoom number, and anytime you see a rabbit hole, you're fucking more than welcome to come on. No invitation needed, man. It just takes the want to. <laughs> just takes the want to. Well, I'm honored that you had me on, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. All right, man. Thank you, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and close her up. You can uh, log off if you want, but uh, I'm going to close it up, and uh, probably load up the rabbit hole real quick just to say goodbye but thank you again thank you again Hi, my friend thank you appreciate you guys much love carl uh king chronic i hope you enjoyed this episode i know i did amazing guy and uh yeah for those of you that uh, don't carry over to the rabbit hole uh, it's going to be a short one. I'm just going to log on and smoke down real quick with you guys. And Oh, I forgot I'm over here. Ah, smoke down with you guys and uh, do the shout outs to my thank yous. But if you guys don't head over there, I completely understand. Thank you to the 60-some of you guys that have made it this far in tonight's episode. I completely thank you and appreciate it. You guys know the deal, though. If you don't follow over, please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. And as you've kind of heard tonight, man, it's something that's happening, whether we like it or not. You put it right there next to the organic movement. But uh, it's time we start taking care of each other. With that being said, I'm going to go get something to drink, and I will be right back here in a minute with a very short rabbit hole, a couple of smoke and a pancake, a couple of dabs, maybe a couple of songs and shout outs. But moreover, thank you guys. 